0: Episode 79 of White Heat presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by our friends at Johnstone Supply in Troy and Mohawk Honda in Scotia Glenville. Mr. Alexander, I don't know about you. We got our first significant snowfall of the year over the last 24 hours. We got six inches or so. How about we you? Got about,
1: here? We got about two here.
0: Oh, good for you. Must be nice. Um <laughs> Yeah, we got six to seven inches here, but we are still ready to roll and ready to give you the coverage of last week in the pro wrestling world. But another thing I did over the last week was got rid of my 2014 Honda CRV Oh, because because I was able to get such a great bang for my buck out of our friends over at Mohawk Con and Scotia Glenville. This is no joke. They paid for more than the average price I was going to get out of Kelly Blue Book. That's how good of a deal you can get over a Mohawk Honda for your used vehicle if you're looking just to sell like I did or if you're looking to use it as part of a trade-in For a newer vehicle at Mohawk Honda, they will make sure they take care of you as they have not just used vehicle inventory for you to look at, but also new 2023s in stock, including pilots, passports, and ridgelines, and even, yes, their CRVs and HRVs, because remember, it's the best time more than ever to sell your vehicle, and you can look at me as case study number one. Remember, hey. That in some cases, you'll be able to sell it for more than you paid for it. Just another advantage you get from the number one volume dealer in the Capro region. Make sure you go check it out. Say hi to General Manager Greg Johnson and anyone from the great team of sales consultants in the building. Always available to help you in the buying or selling process. And make sure you also say hi to Scott Moynihan, the big man on campus back with over 30 years of automotive experience with him. And yes, yes. Seasons have finally officially started to change with the snow hitting the ground this weekend here in the Capital District and beyond. But over at Mohawk County, Freemans Bridge Scotia, nothing ever changes because they always go out of their way to please you. That being said, uh, we're ready to rock and roll. We got a ton of stuff to get to. Yep. Um, beginning with New Japan, as the finals for both tag leagues are set, they those finals will take place. In two days' time, on Wednesday, December the 14th, the finals for the Super Junior Tag League will be Chris Bay and Ace Austin representing the Bullet Club against two members of Chaos. They'll be represented by Yo and Leo Rush, Mr. JJ's best friend. On the other side of things, in the heavyweight tag league finals, Aussie Open, who ran rough shot through the tournament, Kyle Fletcher – uh, and Mark Davis, they will take on Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi huh. in the finals. Uh, so those are your two tag league finals. Obviously, uh, the typical reward is whoever wins each final receives a title match at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, this will be Wrestle Kingdom 17 coming up in January. Also the same night as the finals of the World Tag League's Will be a never open weight championship match, and yes, he will show up this time. Carl Anderson will defend against Hikaleo in the in the uh, which will, will be the, I guess we'll call it the uh, the semi main, as we'll we'll call it co main events with the tag league finals. Yeah. Um. So the never open weight title match will be the semi main. Plus, there will be a six man tag featuring Master Weido, Tonga, and Okada against Dato, Taiji Ishimori, and Jay White. Uh, so, a uh, good-looking card coming up on Wednesday evening over in Japan, including the Never Openweight title match and the two tag league finals. And that will be taking place uh, in Sendai at the Sun Plaza Hall. In the meantime, there is something I do want to bring up revol- involving New Japan uh-huh. um, that actually links to WWE. Yep. And so, here's my question. Mm-hmm. So obviously we all know about Miss Sasha Banks mm-hmm. um, She's going to be taking part in Wrestle Kingdom 17 in some shape way, or form on January 4th yep. And in the meantime the word on the street currently at least as of last night when I was reading my most recent news, and I haven't seen anything else come across my time now though would make me think anything has changed, um, word on the street is her negotiations with WWE have stalled and possibly even completely ended. So, my question becomes, did taking this booking with New Japan possibly have anything to do with that? Or is this just simply a case of they're not meeting on numbers?
1: I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Okay. I think this is a, here you go, go do this. And uh, we'll come back to the table because she's still under contract. And like I said last week, all this time, since they walked out, they're still, their contracts have been frozen. It's not like it's, it's, they're just running it out. Their contracts have been frozen. So, it's probably just a matter of Trips trying to do some Goodwill Ambassador stuff. And she'll pop back up after Wrestle Kingdom over on over on Stateside.
0: Now, I'll, I'll give you my theory. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the obvious theory that internet trolls want to put out there is, oh, well, and we'll pop into more of this later. <laughs> Apparently the, uh, now, uh, well, I'll explain more into it later, but basically, I wasn't able to watch Dynamite this <laughs> past Wednesday. Uh-huh. apparently, at some point on Dynamite, I believe it was, uh-huh. there was some tag match kind of sort of booked involving Soraya, Britt Baker, and Jamie Hayter. But Soraya doesn't have an official partner named yet, and it's going to be kept a mystery until, what is it, January 11th, I think the date is. Is it okay. that? So, I think that's the date that I saw. I thought it
1: was like the first Dynamite of the new year.
0: Well, it's uh, the date I saw was January 11th. Which would be the okay, maybe
1: yeah, that's what, what was that? Was which, yeah.
0: which would be exactly a week after Wrestle Kingdom. And of course, everybody's like, oh, well, if they're putting the match on the 11th and not on the night of Wrestle Kingdom, when, no. when Dynamite usually would be, oh, this means, this means, no. Sasha must be showing up, Sasha might be showing up. No. No. To me, it's more likely, and I'll, we'll dive into this more possibly later on. Oh. If you're going to address that situation, I think it's more likely because of how hush-hush they've been keeping things with this person, that's more likely a Thunder Rosa spot to come in for a return. Yep. Now, my theory with Sasha is word is coming out like this regardless of where it's coming from, whether it be uh, sources from Sasha or rumors from Stanford. This just feels more like everybody covering their asses until she's a surprise entry in the Rumble match
1: pretty much. I mean, it's it's funny how, you know, if you know the old saying, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. We've been down this path before. You know, when Sasha wanted to quit and just Vince gave her time off. To go, you know, and she ended up coming back where, and she admitted that later, she, you know, she was like, Vince gave me the time off to help things out, blah, 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 blah. Whereas everyone else fucking was spreading the whole story of her and Bailey laying on the floor in protest and guerrilla at Mania because he didn't want to drop the women's tag titles and all that bullshit that people still perpetuate to this day.
0: Stupid shit. Stupid, stupid shit. But. Yeah, I mean it. Just it just feels more and more like the deeper we get into this, the longer everything takes for getting Sasha back in a ring. The more and more it just feels like they're just trying to draw things out so she can get as big of a pop as possible. And the way to do that would be as a surprise entry at the Rumble. I believe,
1: Absolutely, and like and going back on like what I said about being at a goodwill ambassador type thing. You know, Sasha's obviously gone over there before to do the stardom stuff. Like when she was had time off, but uh, um, I mean, this is just going to be a. This is going to be a, a trips poking. The, I wouldn't say poking the bear because it's not that large of an animal. Trips poking the chihuahua, saying, "Look what I can do uh, with New Japan, and look what I can do with Noah, and look what I can do with all these other Japanese companies that you claim to have this great relationship with."
0: It's like the older sibling teasing the younger sibling. I'm not touching you. I'm not exactly.
1: Touching you. <laughs>
0: oh boy anyways uh, let's move on now to Impact Impact this past week TV uh... did you see who wrestled in the pre-show match for them no they put the Rex Division champion in the pre-show good old Impact what do you I understand it's Jason Hotch that he's taking on I give up. I, I give up. I'm done. I'm done. I can't. i gonna say anything further. So Trey Miguel beats Jason Hotch in the pre-show. That's why you need I
1: discovered something that I didn't even realize happened years ago on Impact. What's that? Um, one of the YouTube channels I love watching, uh, Ring of the Hawk. Um, British guy like rips on old, old Impact and old WWE and stuff. He he does like this whole series where he goes through like a short run of someone in a company to see like how you know if they were any good or whatnot. And he talked about. When the Hardys were tagging in TNA because it actually wasn't that long, and there was a random ass match right when um, Matt started doing the broken character in there, mm-hmm. and Jeff wasn't playing along with it, where it was Matt and Jeff against Chuck Taylor and JT Dunn.
0: I don't even. Uh huh. I have zero recollection of that.
1: So does everyone else.
0: <laughs> the hell would that show have even been? Were they still in Nashville at this point?
1: I don't know. It was on a random-ass episode of Impact. It was still a six-sided ring. Um, It was before they were doing the Broken Hardys gimmick completely. And it was when, like, Rebbe was singing their entrance music and shit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's all you needed to say. Okay, next. All right. Uh, So we opened Impact. Um, They showed... Diener, Angels, and Khan. Uh, Diener Ah. challenges Sammy Callahan uh, to a match with Khan later that night. And now they just call themselves The Design. Sure. Instead of
1: violence by design, they're just The Design.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, World Tag Team title match is the first official match of the night on the card. Heath and Rhino against Motor City Machine Guns. Match gets thrown out as a no contest after Cardona and uh, Brian Myers attack both teams. Sure. Uh, then we get Josh Alexander backstage telling Scott DeMory he's going to handle things his way in regards to Bully Ray. And then Johnny Swinger walks in. Yeah, baby looking for the title shot he claims he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> then DeMores tells Swinger that if he wins 50 matches, the title shot is all his.
1: Oh, God. So, okay. That's going to be Johnny Swinger's thing for the next year.
0: Uh, then Jordan Grace and Mickey J. Uh, Photos, sh- Whatever. Anyways. Um, some photo shoot They but I don't fucking know. Um, then we get Taya Valkyrie in singles action against Savannah Evans. Evans wins. And then, um, then they show Bay and Austin what they're doing in Super Junior Tag League. Moose attacks Bullpinder tells him to deliver a message to Joe Hendry that it's time to believe in Moose. Sure. Boy, uh, then deliriously, is out a challenge for Eddie Edwards, which becomes the main event for later in the night. Uh, Khan beats Sammy Callahan. Let's see. Wow! And then oh, they have new T-shirts out for the design. These are the most basic looking fucking T-shirts I've ever seen in my life.
1: Impact has never really been good with any of their like merch.
0: No, stuff. this is this is pretty fucking bad. Let me. They have a yellow and a white one. A of course. Shirt and a white shirt. Let me, I'll show you the white one just to show you just how goddamn basic this is. Take me one second. I'm gonna, for all of you on the YouTube side of it, you'll be able to see this as well. Um, this is pretty grossly basic. Just give me about 10 seconds to get this loaded up and survey says here's the shirt. <coughs> that's literally the entire shirt. <laughs> yeah, fuck me sideways. <sighs> now imagine that in yellow by the way and that's the yellow shirt. Literally the Boy. same exact thing. Except they don't take the white out of the background from the words. They keep that there. If that makes any sense to anybody. Yeah. Um Then they show Alexander on the way to the ring. Tommy Dreamer says he wants to talk. Alexander isn't interested at the moment. Then uh, Trey Miguel, apparently he's got a tagging gimmick now where he's spray painting everyone. Okay. Because the X Division title is spray painted green and he spray painted Jason Hodge after his match and then he threatens to spray paint Gia Miller during the interview. Ugh. Then Crazy Steve interrupts and confronts him. Uh, and then Steve says he considers himself an artist, too, but he, only, but he tags people with blood instead of spray paint. That's nice. Boy. Uh, then we get Josh Alexander in the ring. Uh, laying out an open challenge for the Impact World title. Only wants Bully Ray to answer it. (laughs) Um, Then says if Bully loses, he'd still have another opportunity at Hard to Kill. Then Bully Ray appears on the screen saying he's too busy. And then Mike Bailey answers the open challenge. Okay. Sure. Uh, Alexander retains. Shocker. (laughs) Um, So there you go. Uh, And then... Alexander celebrates to go off the air. So, wait a minute. So they, they 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 announced that they booked Delirious and Eddie Edwards as the main event for the show.
1: And then didn't like, happen. Right. It'll be this the main event of next week's show.
0: This is at least the second time they've done this in like the last month. Because I remember there was another match they did this with.
1: It's because they keep doing two weeks of TV at a time and keep forgetting what's supposed to be the main of what episode.
0: Jesus Christ, I mean, do they like literally have not enough bodies to double check their work?
1: I think it's more they film it like they're shooting it live. And then when they go to clip it into two episodes, they really just don't realize like they don't like it just swings by in editing that then they don't even think of it.
0: So just that's just lazy. I'm sorry. It is. Um, I don't know if I can even report this as positive news or negative news or I don't fucking know, but it's news anyways. Um, did you hear who returned to Impact during the tapings in Florida this weekend?
1: Um, I saw something, but I'm not recalling right now.
0: Jonathan Gresham.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good. Good good
0: good good good
1: yes good
0: sarcasm or or serious no i'm happy okay i'm glad he's
1: working i'm glad he's where his wife is i'm happy for
0: him good good yeah glad anyways uh all right I think that does it for impact. I don't think I have anything else aside from fix your shit and pay attention. <laughs> fuck it. I, I just I, I hate I hate lazy people who overlook basic shit. Yeah. I fucking hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, do you have your torch and pitchforks and notes ready? What the fuck are you eating? You are an a eating, sandwich. You're an eating bonanza today sandwich. And what'd you feed the dog five minutes ago? Cracker. Mmm, cracker. Don't I give him a cracker so he doesn't
1: beg for my sandwich.
0: Don't say that word too loud in the streets of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that came off as funny to other people, because it came off funny to us, and that's all that matters to me right now. <laughs> um, Give your notes ready, sir.
1: Yes. Uh, I, yep, there we go. So
0: uh, yeah, we-
1: and this... Th- this was just I know and I, I said it to you and I was like, I know I say this pretty often, but I really think this was the worst episode of dynamite I've ever seen.
0: Well, don't worry, because there's a show from during the from the past week that literally broke my brain and I didn't even watch it. That's how much <laughs> it broke my brain. I just it just broke my brain by reading what happened. <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. It's one of the shows we're about to talk about in the next 45 minutes. Um, All right, so Dynamite. We open with the Diamond Ring Battle Royal. Um, There's guys like Butcher, Blade, Dustin Rhodes, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, Dalton Castle, The Boys.
1: Yep, I literally, I said, I said. So, there's there anyone in this battle royal besides besides Starks, Pockets, Jungle Boy, and Dustin that isn't just a glorified job guy?
0: Wow, Sean Dean got TV time. Good for him. <laughs> um, Cage, Moriarty, W. Morrissey, now known as Big Bill, apparently with two G's. Uh, Matt Hardy, Ethan Page. I'm just Mm -hmm. going through names I see here in the results. Basically, by the end, we've got Starks eliminating uh, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page Mm -hmm. to end the match and win the Diamond Ring Battle Royal, Yep, which gave him the right to challenge MJF for the Diamond Ring. And at the same time, obviously... The The world title, title.
1: which, yeah, it's like this whole thing made no sense because the whole thing is the diamond, the dynamite diamond ring was always like this consolation thing to give to MJF because they weren't giving him the title. It was always designed around him. And so now you take a match where the whole thing is ever, ever since after the first year, it was whoever wins the dynamite diamond ring battle royal gets to face the previous diamond ring owner for this year's diamond ring. Right. And MJF has always won it. So now yeah. MJF has the diamond ring and the fucking title. And the way that Tony Khan always does this bullshit is where if you face the champion in a non-title match, it gives you a shot at the title, even though he does, he calls them eliminators instead of a number one contenders match. However, Why
0: wouldn't you just take the ring off MJF at this point?
1: It's one of those things where it's not it's not transferable. It's whoever won it is that 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 year's winner. And then they like they like it's only transferable on that one day of the year.
0: Once he won the title, why wouldn't they just take it off him? And just because they could, they could have done this like they did with the Intercontinental title back in the day where they had that battle royal down to the final two and then the final martell right. and ray Ramon. Yep, exactly. The next week kind on of Raw for the yeah. title like, Yeah. It's no, none of sense.
1: None of Khan's booking makes sense. Exactly. And so the whole thing is it's just like Ricky Stark's already had a title shot. So what was the point in giving him this shot at the fucking Dynamite Diamond Ring when you very well could have just had someone else of merit that you're trying to elevate win the Dynamite Diamond Ring battle royal and cuz here's the fucking thing whoever Every year before this, whoever won the Battle Royal would get a shot at the Diamond Diamond Ring that night. Now, all of a sudden, it's the following week. Two weeks. Two weeks. Not to... No, it's this week that it's happening. So Two it's the weeks. following week. Winter is coming. Winter is this coming.
0: week. Oh, fuck, it is. Oh, my... God. Yeah. Holy Jesus. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. sorry. Which, that's
1: the other thing, is usually this shit takes place in October. So right. why the fuck did they wait to do this? Because Tony Khan just forgot about it because he's fucking stupid and he's riddled with ADHD and fucking everything else. So now you've got the two of them going for these. It's, it's a hat on a hat on a hat because now it's like, Oh, it's going to be for the dynamic diamond ring and the title. But it's like, why, why does the ring matter at that point? Oh, because you get an extra, it, it comes with $50,000 or some shit like that. Like whatever. This isn't the fucking territories days the whole cash prize thing doesn't fucking no one buys it anymore.
0: Right. Uh, then MGF gets in the ring. Him and Starks both cut promos
1: and it was okay. Um, you, you know, like I said, Starks has really lost a lot of his swagger since becoming a babyface, but he, he, he the, the promo was okay. Even though it was kind of the generic, you know, I fought my way up in the Indies and, and I slept in my car. I'm like, yeah, we all did, fucker. Like, like, yo, know, it's like, I get it. You're trying to connect to the crowd on a baby face level. And it was okay. I'm not going to say it was bad. MJF obviously was better. MJF took cracks at Billy Corgan, mm-hmm. which is funny. But I mean, it was just, a, but like, and then everyone comes out and they're saying the same thing they were saying about fucking Yuta and fucking Garcia. This is the new Austin and Rock. No, it's not. No. No, it's not.
0: Um segment ends with Max kicking Starks in the nuts. Yeah. And then uh then Ricky Spears, MJF, and that's the end of the segment. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a Darby Allen promo about how he's felt lost since losing the TNT championship. <clears throat> so Joe will have to bury him to keep him away from it. Shut the fuck up. Um, and then oh, so oh, it's both of them in a pre-tape. Okay. Then Joe. Curious little dead boy. That's nice. Uh, Then we come back from commercial. Moxley has a promo. Um, Talks about Adam Page. And then... uh, Yeah. And then he briefly mentions Wheeler and Claudio's title matches on the weekend. And then talks about how he's sick of the JAS. Yay. Um, Then we get Samoa Joe... Choking out Darby Allen to retain the TNT title.
1: Dude, this fucking match was the prime example of why everything in AEW doesn't fucking work. Continue. Okay, so first fucking fucking funny thing was Darby's paint being smeared all over Joe's Mantits. That that was hilarious.
0: And duh, the, the face paint never stays on him.
1: Okay. So there's at one point where Darby and Joe are on the floor for a good two fucking minutes where the ref is actually out on the floor with them because that makes sense. And then dude, dude, let me scroll down here in the same match in another part of it. After they come back from the picture in picture, Darby's outside the ring. Joe gets back in and the ref starts doing a count out. And I said, Oh, now count outs fucking happen when you were just outside for two minutes and the ref was out there with you in the same fucking match. And then can I have one fucking wrestling show where someone doesn't do a fucking code red? (laughs) And then, yeah. So here's a finish. So Joe, Fucking puts Darby in the fucking rear naked choke. Darby's foot is touching the rope when he does it. The ref comes over and kicks Darby's foot off the rope. Ha! Directly on fucking hard camera. Then
0: nice.
1: Darby passes out. Darby fucking passes out. Joe gets up, holds up his belt turns and Derby is up on his fucking feet four seconds later
0: good sell job kid
1: and so Joe kicks the shit out of him and gives him the fucking muscle buster and shit like if you were passed out you wouldn't be up that fucking quick not to mention the fact that you were out of position when you went for the fucking finish and the goddamn ref kicks your foot off the rope
0: right Um, I have a bone to pick with whoever wrote these results I'm reading off of, by the way. (laughs) It's not always the rock bottom. It's a fucking urinagi that Joe does. Who is this? It's a she. My apologies. Claire Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth, it's not always a rock bottom. It's a urinagi that Joe does in the corner. Elizabeth! Elizabeth you
1: learn how to call
0: the move correctly or else I'm gonna lock you in a closet again. Take it and go. Take it and go. <laughs> um well, anyways, um afterwards backstage, Orange Cassie being interviewed offers Kip Sabian Atlantic all Atlantic championship match.
1: Because reasons. Um <sighs> Jericho literally phoned in a promo.
0: And it Orange... was a cell
1: phone fucking selfie cam on the cell phone right. promo on his couch.
0: Right. Um. Before that, uh Kip says no because he got hurt in the Battle Royal, but then Orange says find him anyone to fight him on Rampage. Sure. Then we get the, the promo you're talking about. Then we get Claudio and Yuta against Garcia and Hager in a tag match, and the BCC wins with Claudio pinning Hager, or... All right, so <laughs> now we uh, I fixed a quick technical difficulty, but now we uh, so we so Claudio and and Yuta win over Hager and Garcia now with the
1: Swiss we, death.
0: So we get into post match, Shivani gets in the ring and they decide to show a promo that was taped with Regal apparently before full gear, as Regal is still in Blackpool Combat Club paraphernalia. And the promo starts with Regal saying, if you're seeing this, something has happened to me. Now, hate. You're basically saying, you're you're basically, they're making it sound like they literally killed William Regal.
1: Yeah. Especially because if you notice this, and I mean, it's obvious to the, you know, to, to anyone with a brain, but the way Regal looked facially and the way his hair was all mussed up, you can tell they literally filmed that right after they stretchered him to the back last week.
0: Um, can I just say, I don't think the promo is a good look. Not at all. Um, I'm j- I'm just.
1: Oh, I've got words.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not feeling it. It's besides the fact, you're making it sound like you basically killed off the character of a sitcom. Yeah. Am I weird for thinking that it's a, a terribly insensitive way of phrasing the promo in the beginning? Very much. Um. And this is something that's been kind of toy because I saw the promo initially on Twitter at some point over the last few days. Okay. And then I, I, I watched it again on, on YouTube because I was one of the 15 people on YouTube that watch their shit occasionally. Mm-hmm. And, um. I was a dig at AEW YouTube subscribers. You can laugh at that. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's I almost feel like it. it I almost feel like it's a little triggering. To 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 put it in simplest terms as possible. Yeah. Um. I mean, am I, am, I, am I out of whack for saying this at all? No, no. Am I, I, I almost feel like I'm not saying something that I want to say, but I'm not sure if it's worth saying. So I'll let yeah. you say what I think you're going to say, what I, you think I'm going to say.
1: Okay. So this was the laziest form of storytelling I've ever seen where, okay. when you are a weekly episodic wrestling broadcast You can't retcon shit on the fly by saying, oh, this was filmed before this happened and expect people to believe it because that's not how any of this works. And I know that the typical AEW basement goblin will eat up anything Tony Khan puts on their plate, Mm -hmm. but even this is entirely hard to swallow. And the reason it's hard to swallow is because this has been done before, not in wrestling but it's not really smart when you can tell Tony Khan figured out how to do this by sitting in the hotel room and going, what the fuck am I going to do? And turning on a Warner discovery product and watching a Warner discovery movie. Mm -hmm. Because that was the end of it. Chapter two. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen a five-year-old movie or for whatever,
0: something like that.
1: So most people know that um, in Stephen King's "It" of the of the Losers Club, one of them, Stan, ends up killing himself before they end up meeting up as adults to go face it. And it's handled in the original nineties and nineteen ninety minute series, and in the book, are completely different from the way it was handled in the newer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in the newer movie, they tried to give the ending a more heartfelt tone um, because the end of the book isn't really on a bright side. Um, And what happened was Stan still kills himself and is not there as an adult for them. And then like a week after they've defeated Pennywise, they all receive letters that had gotten mailed out by Stan's wife the night, like the day after he killed himself saying if you're receiving this, this means I've killed myself I did this because it was the only way to make the rest of you stronger yeah it was literally the end of fucking it chapter 2
0: yeah hmm. yeah but I got another I, I, I have another bone to pick Before we move on. Okay. Fans of all elite wrestling. We're about to have a fucking throwdown right now. (laughs) JJ, I'm going to need a minute, okay? No problem. I have four words for all of you AEW fans. Fuck your couch, motherfucker. Pick a fucking Lane. You can't sit there and in the same breath chastise the past of a former WWE superstar but then chant their shtick from the same old WWE product you just criticized. Por ejemplo. That's, for example, in Spanish, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> you can't sit there and criticize WWE the way they booked Daniel Bryan, but still chant yes or no to every fucking thing he does. Mm -hmm. Another example. You can't sit there and talk about how poorly booked you felt Cesaro was in WWE, but then when him and Hager happen to be together in the same spot, start chanting, we the people. Shut the fuck up. Pick a fucking lane and stick to it. Don't be the jackass that I follow on the highways here that's swerving in and out of the middle lane because they don't know what the fuck to do with themselves. Either get in my lane and go 65 passing the other cars on the 55 or stay in that middle lane and let me blow the fuck by you. Fuck off. Pick a lane. Yes. I am sick of this shit. Every fucking time I am sick of it. Same old shit. Every yep. fucking show. Fucking indie riffic fanboy fucks. Yep. creaming themselves in their mommy's basements. Their, their keyboard keys are probably stuck together at this point. They cream themselves so much. <laughs> Shirk-offs. Fucking sick of it. Anyways. So, uh... Then uh so after all that's done, then we get to House of Black Vignette, sure, whatever. It was basically laying out a challenge for the following week's dynamite. Fucking we Julia back.
1: Hart has is, is channeling Isaac from Children of the Corn.
0: Is I <laughs> weird for actually starting to like Julia Hart with this shit.
1: I mean it 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 makes her something other than the bland ass cheerleader with the job team. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Uh next we get back from commercial. Tony Schiavone sitting down with Jamie Hader in a pre-tape. Um, then announces whoever wins the Hikaru Shida Bunny match from Rampage gets to take her take uh, face her for the AEW title. Sure, whatever.
1: Yeah, because for Hikaru Shida's Japanese whatever belt
0: the uh, Regina de Mare i think it was something like that
1: Bruta del Mar this is a good appetizer
0: that's that right here. sure uh then we get six women tag action Jade Cargill Layla Grey Red Velvet against Kira Hogan Rain, and Sky Blue Jimmy, terrible you, I, I wonder who wins this one terrible um, somehow this match got a commercial break in the middle of it cuz yeah. reasons um Jade gets the pinfall on Madison rain. Then we get Shivani interviewing Soraya backstage, but then Britt Baker rolls in because that's what she does for every Soraya segment. It seems like. Yep. Uh,
1: and this is where they set up the tag match. It's it's, and I, I actually wrote down, I said, this is the beginning of the, all the tag and trios matches to correct, to protect Soraya because she shouldn't be in there in the ring.
0: Correct and uh, like
1: and i agree with you with her mystery partner it's it's either going to be rosa or it's going to be tony storm and everyone's going to get pissed
0: right cuz tony storm hasn't wrestled since full gear 2 i didn't even think about that mm-hmm. uh then we get ftr against the acclaimed for the aw world tag titles
1: i love how the trios matches get 40 minutes every fucking week but ftr gets 15
0: uh in the end the acclaimed win with max Pinning Cash Wheeler.
1: Yep, it was one of those quick roll ups uh, when Cash went for something, and fucking someone got shit canned, and it just made the it made FTR look like shit.
0: Um, yeah, apparently he's going for some kind of power bomb. It looks like, and then he match- was going for the
1: slingshot power bomb like he usually does,
0: right? But
1: and then, but Caster reversed it like a Rey Mysterio pin.
0: Um, after the match, FTR and Acclaimed Exchange pleasantries. But then the gun club appears on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It says they have presents for FTR, which are a card from the Briscoe brothers.
1: And it didn't even, they didn't even say it literally. All it was, was they're like, Oh, we got a present under the tree for you. And they hold up a card, like a piece of folded white paper. That's mm-hmm. supposed to be written in blood that says FTR in blood on the front. And it opened it up and it said from dem boys. And then they pulled out dog collars from the fucking thing. Cool. So, With two days' notice, we get a giant-ass gimmick match for FTR versus the Briscoes at the ROH pay-per-view with 10 seconds left to go on their flagship program to promote it. And they can't even mention the Briscoes by name. And I've debated with fuckers all week on this. They did not say the Briscoes' name. All they did was hold open the card that said Dem Boys. And then I had to debate with meth mouth looking motherfuckers from Michigan saying, oh, but everyone already knows who damn boys are. Not the casual fan, motherfucker.
0: Correct. Very, very correct. Um, that was the end of Dynamite. Now we get to Rampage, which I'm assuming you didn't watch, but I did. Fuck no. Um. Mox being Mox, he opens Rampage against Takeshra God Again. forbid God forbid he goes a match without bleeding.
1: Remember um, remember when Mox crushed Takeshita in five minutes, like six months ago? But we're just gonna roll it back for reasons.
0: Remember when Mox didn't have to bleed in every match he wrestled in? Gee, that feels like No, I
1: remember go. when Dean Ambrose didn't have to bleed in every match. That's how long it's been.
0: Thank you. Um Mox eventually chokes out Takesha to get the win. And then Hangman comes out to brawl with Mox after Claudio and you to stop it, and that was the end of that segment.
1: Nobody cares.
0: Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs vignette. Notice how these roll on Rampage because again, what'd you just say? <laughs> Reasons. No. what you? Nobody cares. Say? Thank you. Uh, then we get a Stokely pre-tape about something. I don't fucking remember. I. I <laughs> I, I, it was I, about I, Big I, Bill. I, oh, no. It was, it was about fucking... It was about fucking Hook and how he, he beat Lee, Lee Moriarty, but he claims Moriarty's foot was under the rope and some stupid shit out of fucking
1: hell. Oh, my fucking God, I just realized something. What? I, I'm i more psychic than I thought. What? Remember For how me? I said Tony Khan got that Regal thing from watching it, Chapter 2? Okay. So in the book, in the story, the whole Losers Club, there's the one character who's the head of the Losers Club, uh, uh, Bill, who ends up becoming the author. Okay. And they call him Big Bill in the book.
0: So he's been watching it a lot recently. Yes. That's good. Uh, Hikaru Shida retains the Regina DeWave title over Bunny, which means she gets a shot at Jamie Hayter soon. Yay uh lean Moriarty and big bill morrissey squash two local jobbers because sure reasons (laughs) um then we get an ftr pre-tape with lexi where they accept the briscoe's challenge for final battle
1: with less than 24 hours to go that's our build all
0: right then we get an eddie kingston and ortiz pre-tape about the house of black so it looks like they're gonna step up and take their challenge the house of black Uh, Then we get the Atlantic title match for the main event. Best Friends brought the back with Butcher and Blade. Uh, Cassie ends up retaining anyways over Trent Seven was the surprise opponent.
1: Trent Seven?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally hid the headline on that one. Um, He even had an AEW embroidered scarf he was wearing and everything. It was quite interesting. Uh, But he's not only... Nope, he's not only nope. don't nope. don't sign that former WWE guy. Nope. Um, nope, nope, we'll sign all the other trash bags that were AEW. Uh, Fucking with-
1: Leon Ruff was on dark.
0: My point. Um then after the match, Kip Saving attacks Orange, and then Dustin Rhodes comes in to make the save because reasons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um by the way, Dustin's official ending of his AEW contract is July of next year. Mm-hmm. So, his AW contract has seven months left.
1: <sighs> and his dumbass is going to wait until his contract's up before he actually gets the surgery that he needs.
0: Now we get to the show that made me question my sanity that I didn't even fucking watch.
1: <laughs> <sighs> yep.
0: I'm uh... yeah. (laughs) First off, let me just say this. We went from a show that was projected to have six matches to somehow a show that with pre-show had 12 matches.
1: Yep, told you. How
0: the fuck did that happen?
1: Because Tony Khan.
0: Now Call me crazy. Okay, crazy. Jeff Cobb isn't officially signed to an AEW or Ring of Honor contract, correct? No. Nope. Neither is Mascara Dorada. Nope. Yet they're in a pre-show match. Yep. Um, JAS, not... Well, they're AEW, but they're not okay. Ring of Honor. Right. Shinobi Shadow Squad, I, are they on the ROH payroll? No. Technically? No. They're just there for the fuck of it. Yep. Okay. Willow, AEW. Uh, Trisha Dora, I believe she's either AEW or per diem, I can't remember. Per diem. Top flight AEW. Mm-hmm. Uh, kingdom, are they considered AEW or just Ring of Honor technically?
1: Um, well, considering they released the ROH roster and the Kingdom wasn't listed on there, I would say AEW.
0: Okay. So you have one match of... Non-AEW and non-ROH talent in their opening Mm pre-match. Then you've got per diems against an AEW tag team. Mm -hmm. An AEW talent against, uh, I think we just called Trisha per diem, correct? Mm -hmm. And then we have two AEW tag teams against each other. So in total, you have zero officially contracted ROH stars in the pre-show of your ROH pay-per-view. Yep. Cause reasons. Thank you. We'll start with that. Um, Jeff Cobb beats Mescara Dorada in seven minutes. It should have been two minutes cause Jeff Cobb is Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decide to have Cheeseburger and Eli Isom job out to fucking Fatty Menard and God, Suspenders Parker. <laughs> um, Willow Watch. Willow beats Trish in six minutes.
1: Yay, that's Willow's tea because she wasn't on any other TV this week, so she got to be on the ROH pre show.
0: Yep, and then top flight, they get thrown a bone by defeating Taven and Bennett in 1120, apparently. <laughs> so,
1: man, remember how the kingdom were going to be game changers?
0: This gets better. So we open the official show with a match that means absolutely fucking nothing, but it's apparently a way to get AR Fox more TV time. We'll just throw that out there. I don't fucking know. Uh, so and Jalistico, who I didn't even know was a fucking member of La Faction, <laughs> that, news to fucking me. Yeah. They're taking on Blake Christian, AR Fox in a tag match again, Two per, oh, excuse me, a per diem and a new AEW talent Mm -hmm. against an AEW talent, and where's Jalisco? CMLL or is he? Gotta be CMLL.
1: No CMLL. All
0: right. So again, no ROH contracted talents in this match. We're keeping that. We're keeping that streak alive and well. Mm -hmm. Um, Play Christian Ar Fox win in the midst of it. Um. Uh, apparently, oh, this has got to be a work. Never mind. This is stupid. What? Um, I saw a headline where Roosh was uh, stretched out. Was dis- no, Roosh was disciplined for his actions during that match. But oh, okay, uh, it was the assistant tweeting that they got fined and suspended. Like, Probably
1: didn't uh, observe the code of honor.
0: It's a fucking work. Whatever. Right. All right. Then we get to. Our first title match of the evening. By the way, that tag match was ten thirty-five to start off the official card. <laughs> then we get Athena defeating Mercedes Martinez in the first title match of the evening to become the new Women's World Champion in thirteen ten, which means you had an AEW talent defeating. I an think AEW Mercedes, talent. Right. Yeah. I was about to say she's considered AEW too. So again, no true ROH only signees in the title match. Well, uh, so,
1: so the thing was because Mercedes, before going into the show, Mercedes held the title. She was considered part of the ROH roster as what they released. Because prior to going into this, when they released the, like, if you went on the page, the ROH roster consisted of all of the champions and the Briscoes.
0: So now, so now what you're doing is. So, we're going from barely using Mercedes except when absolutely necessary involving the woman's world title for Ring of Honor yep. to probably not booking her at all. Yep. And now you're taking Athena from pushing the shit out of her between Dark and Rampage mm-hmm. to now putting her onto the Island of Misfit Toys an ROH talent because she's now yep. an ROH champion. And yep. now she's going to barely be used after being pushed the last six weeks.
1: Yep. I mean, pushed on YouTube for the most part.
0: Still, she was getting regular work week to week.
1: Yeah.
0: So she's going to go sit on her couch for eight weeks and eat bonbons until the next ROH show. Make your ass bigger. I'll make your ass bigger. I'll make your ass bigger. You, you fucking... <laughs> <are there. laughs> fucking uh, then we get to the last non-title match of the evening involving... And I know they're technically not ROH talents, but at least Shane Taylor is not all elite and For lack of a better phrase, would be considered an ROH talent if you had a fucking contract.
1: Especially, and they brought in JD Griffey, who'd never even worked for ROH, but apparently was part of Shane Taylor promotions. And by the way, JD Griffey,
0: I didn't mention this for Dynamite, JD Griffey had a whole 30 second pre tape on Dynamite on (laughs) on fucking Rampage.
1: Because reasons.
0: I had to remind myself who the fuck it was because it kept showing clips of Keith Lee, Shane, Keith Lee, Shane, and then occasionally showing JD Griffey, I'm like, who the fuck is that talking? And they're showing him the fucking promo. I'm like, oh, that's going to be J.D. Griffey. <laughs> um, so, uh, Shane Taylor and J.D., they lose to Swerving on Glory in 1350.
1: Even though um, fucking Swerve walked out on Keith again?
0: Sure. Um, I, I I don't fucking know anymore. Then we get the six-bed tag title match, the embassy represented by Brian Cage and Gates of Agony. They become the new champs over Dawn Castle and the boys in ten oh five.
1: Whoever the boys happened to be that night.
0: Oh, and actually, and it actually—it was actually the the Tate twins. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was actually because I just happened again. I just happened to see some clips here and there, and I actually saw it was the Tate. I was impressed. Yes. Um. So now we're going to, I mean, not like you really booked Cage or the Gates of Agony a lot, but now they, they'll they disappear for a while. Yep. Uh, then we get you beating Garcia by referee stoppage <laughs> to win back the Pure Wrestling Championship.
1: Like anyone gave a fuck to begin with. And you was- realize since Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor
0: mm-hmm.
1: that the Pure title the entire time has only been defended on actual television and pay-per-view by these two people. And it's just been back and forth between them.
0: Yes. Cause he doesn't, I guess nobody else is worthy of having the belt apparently
1: because he thinks that it's going to push them and it's not. And on top of it, like the ROH pure title was always just this gimmick that never really got over no matter how many times they brought it back. Go ahead.
0: Uh, can I offer another opinion as well? Sure. Who else in the fucking roster really qualifies as somebody worthy of wearing that belt right now? Sure. I'm not, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying Yuta or, or or well, I mean I give a, uh, I give more credibility to Garcia than Yuta. I'm not, but that's not me trying to say that Yuta is. You get my point. The pure title
1: was always like the pure title was treated at like a joke from the beginning, from the moment that it was brought in. Because I remember I used to have the DVD of the tournament where they crowned the first pure champion, where the finals was styles and punk. And literally the moment styles wins it out comes Samoa Joe, who was a baby face champion at the time who comes out and buries AJ styles. and, And it's like, the only reason they made that belt is because no one can fucking beat me. And I'm like, so you just shit on this new title completely. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. Which, one, of the, one of the years. reasons I've never cared for fucking Samoa Joe is because he's done shit like that and got away with it.
0: Good to see he hasn't changed in 15 years. Yeah, good for Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> call me crazy. Okay, crazy. Why are you putting a blood fest in the middle of the fucking card instead of the main event?
1: Because um, the Briscoes and, and FTR got to, got to be the main event. You're before. making
0: Joe, Juice, Claudio, and Chris work in a blood-filled ring for the last half hour of the show.
1: You act like Tony Khan knows what the fuck he's doing.
0: Do you not remember we just came out of COVID? Yeah. Motherfucker! And on top of that, on top of that, before I even tell you the result, although you probably already know it because it's been two days since the show, why does the ref have to bleed? (laughs) Reasons. Fucking why? Why? I think it was Paul Turner. I don't know because I couldn't tell because of the fucking blood. Why Why is the ref bleeding? It's it's not bad enough that Cash and Dax and Jay and Mark are bleeding? No. Let's have Let's give him some color. Let's <laughs> give him an extra 200 bucks in his check for a little color. Fuck off. you are got to be fucking kidding me, Tony. You've got to be kidding me. It's unnecessary. This isn't CCW. This isn't Japan. It's Ring of Fucking Honor. You don't need blood from a referee.
1: <laughs> oh, I haven't laughed that much since I was a little girl.
0: You know what that ranch just reminded me of? What? Have you heard of the TikTok where uh, no. the two dudes do the. No. T- okay. So there's, a t- <laughs> there's a famous TikTok that's come uh, from the last few years. Two dudes, it's literally back and forth. It's like one dude's on top of a roof for some of a house for some reason, the other one's like on the sidewalk. What's your name? What? What's your name? Tony. Fuck you, Tony. What's your name? Ezekiel! Fuck, Fuck you, Ezekiel. Ezekiel! I don't know why, but me yelling just now just made me think of that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, 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 I... Can you even think of a match where... No. I think there might have been one time in WWE like Attitude Era, maybe. Or like a special guest referee either hardweight or maybe within the context of the match bled on purpose. I don't remember. Yeah. But I think it happened once in WWE in the Attitude Era.
1: Right. There's no it reason it. wasn't even a regular referee.
0: It wasn't Hebner. It wasn't right. Cordaris. It wasn't right. fucking... Uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Tim White. Tim White. Uh, the, not the guy I was thinking of, but yeah. Um, oh, the fucking guy who just retired recently. Um, Kyota. It wasn't Kyota. Yeah. Keota. yeah. It was a special guest referee, if I remember correctly. At one at one point, you had a regular referee bleed for no fucking reason. Because you know what? A referee bleeding—that's the. <laughs> <sighs> to, to, to tell me if I'm wrong. You're not. I got like. Okay so you're the first we asked us to. You came up in the business surrounded by old ECW heads. Yep. Okay. Did they ever once suggest for any show under any match stipulation that a referee get color? Nope. Can you recall any ECW match of the past? Even under Paul Lee or even hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, where a ref had color, nope. hard way or not. Nope. What the fuck are you read it?
1: Because Tony's fucking stupid, that's why.
0: I mean Christ, I'd expect this kind of shit out of ICW over in the UK. Right. I'd expect it out of CZW. I'd
1: accept it out of Ian Rotten. Like, yeah. <laughs> Look,
0: I'd expect it out of some of the stupid shit they do in Japan. Still,
1: I'd expect it out of Rob Black.
0: I'd I'd expect it out of some fucking outlaw indie in the middle of fucking nowhere in the Midwest. Yeah.
1: But I not, just said Ian okay, Rotten.
0: <laughs> Touche. But like, not not here. Not 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 here. Not here. Like what is it what does it add? What 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 does this possibly add to the match? <laughs> Forget the storytelling aspect of it cuz we don't tell stories in Ring of Honor or AEW. What does it add to the drama of the match?
1: It doesn't. It makes the crowd pop to go holy shit.
0: Great. You popped a thousand people that are sweating their balls off and smell like mama's spaghetti. Okay. Right great Congratulations. there was only
1: one time on one show that i worked that something an inkling of similar happened and that was uh uh, uh a lucha a lucha show that i that i helped uh, put together um and i was actually out there managing during it under a hood um, and it was a four-way tag scramble that was basically just it was a giant high, it was a giant spot fest. That's all it was supposed to be it was just it was to pop the crowd after intermission and have it be lucha. And there was one spot where there was a succession of dives to the outside dive 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 dive, and then to the point where and we had a referee that had, the the referee actually had a had a hood with black and white stripes on it just because and so for the fuck of it the referee took his shirt off and did a dive just from like the outside apron onto the guys just because everyone was diving and it was a quick little haha pop moment but he didn't gig <laughs> uh, i think you're
0: muted you're right i was muted you know what this reminds me of what this reminds me of, of the stupid clip I saw one time from a PWG show. Before they decided to move to a new venue and jack their ticket prices up by 3x. Uh huh. This one they're still running in what was it? Like a was it, an old it? Like, American, American Legion World and Land. Receded. So this is back when they're still running there, and I, I can't remember if it was a, a six man tag. I don't remember I'm trying to think. I think it was a six man tag involving Cole and in the Bucks. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a match right. involving the Bucks. And for whatever ungodly fucking reason, like I know that over the... Right. For those of you who didn't keep up with Pro Wrestling gorilla, one of those continuous storylines that was happening when the Bucks were making continuous appearances and was that Rick Knox basically refereed every match they had. And right. as things went forward, they would progressively um, be more and more aggressive towards Rick Knox to the right. point of breaking Rick Knox. Right. To the point where... This is the clip I'm referring to. Rick Knox did a fucking swan dive off the top rope onto them on the outside in the middle of a fucking match. Do you know how quick a referee would be
1: fired? Yep.
0: For that? Right. Let alone getting color in the middle right. of a fucking match? Right. And only that... Not only would the ref be fired for getting color in the middle of a match in WWE, you know how quick those talents would be sent fucking packing? Yep. Because you know damn well it didn't happen without their fucking consent. Right. Gone! Yep. You would think on top of that, I'm I'm just making this connection now, Dax and Cash come from that fucking developmental! Yep.
1: This was them. This this is, and honestly, this is part of them it's not just, it's caring a big anymore.
0: Fuck you. It, yeah, it's a big fuck you.
1: It's them it's not caring guys. anymore because they know they're on their way out. They know they got four months left and they're done.
0: They must just pull the drawers down and moon the fucking hard cam at that point.
1: It's they, not too late. They just might.
0: Unfortunately. Save it for Wrestle Kingdom. You'll get more pops that way. No, they're gonna um,
1: save it for the random ass episode of Dynamite where they're forced to drop the triple A tag straps to the Lucha Brothers.
0: If they do that on, on Dynamite and not at an actual triple A show, I'll what's
1: Dude, I'm telling you, it's what's gonna happen.
0: I might, I might legit break something in my fucking apartment. I'm not going
1: lie. It's what's that's what's gonna happen. Dude, they've they've been triple A tag champs for over a fucking year and they haven't defended them in triple A once.
0: By the way, speaking of foreign championships, uh, news broke as we're recording this. that Carl Anderson uh, has gotten clearance to participate in Wrestle Kingdom thanks to WWE. Well,
1: yeah. I already knew that.
0: Yeah, but the agreement was just made official today between Japan and WWE. Okay. I wonder if Sasha was mentioned at all. Anyways, um, let me try to move on from that. Um,
1: Yeah. So the Briscoes are always tag champions again, which – Sealed the deal of the fact that right there, before anything else came out, that sealed the deal that they didn't have a TV show. I knew it right then and there.
0: 13 time champs now, by the way. Uh-huh. Because reasons. Um, In the match where the champion actually fucking retained their title for once.
1: The only one.
0: Uh, Samoa Joe retained over Juice Robinson by pinfall at 1340. Um, oh, by the way, one last bone to pick. Uh, the Briscoes won by ref stoppage, which just happened in the match before. Way to be uncreative. Um, Wait,
1: it was ref stoppage in the dog correct. collar match? Are correct. you fucking shitting me?
0: Fucking correct. Fucking correct.
1: But that's no You reason you have a dog collar match is
0: uh... I, I'm just. And I'm, how is I'm, the ref stopping things when the ref was bleeding like a stuck pig? Right. Maybe that's where the second. Maybe maybe that's fucking how uh, the other referee got involved because Paul Turner could fucking see through his own fucking blood. Um, hold on, let me see because I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find out exactly how there was a stoppage in in the midst of all that. Um, but bear with me for about ten seconds as I scroll down here. Okay. Um, I just I. Oh. Uh, my, my so much of my brain hurt. My t- my entire upper torso is just like angry right now at myself. Um, of course, Bleach Report gave the fucking Utah uh match an a, of course. Um, okay, Jay- it's not Pl- like they're
1: hosting the pay per view or anything.
0: Oh, this is even better. You want to know how the referee kit got, got uh, cracked open. Jay Briscoe pulls ref into a chair shot from Dax Harwood that busts him wide open.
1: Boy. Why was there a chair in a dog collar
0: match? Are yeah, you shocked? Um, after blood was spilled, Briscoe's won by submission, I guess technically submission, really. Uh, Dax passed oh, okay. out in a, in a oh, okay. submission. All right. By the way, there was blood less than two minutes in the match, in case... You're of course
1: wondering. there was. Of course. You think Tony's gonna tell him to show restraint?
0: No. Of course fucking not. Uh, main event, because we didn't just have two matches before. Uh, Claudio... <laughs> <laughs> Claudia becomes the new Ring of Honor World Champion by beating Chris Jericho. I <laughs> guess, te- I guess, technically, we'd call it by submission. <laughs> but in the most random submission ever, <laughs> um, the Swiss Death. <laughs> Jericho taps out to the swing. <laughs> and you know Jericho booked that finish. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to dignify a comment to that.
1: Dr. Gildo wins.
0: Do you have anything for that? Because I, I I really don't. I, I give up.
1: Fucking Claudio needs to change his name to Dr. Gildo. That's an old Nintendo reference. I got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I do have one last thing about these assholes to bring up before we move on.
1: Oh, it's you. We got to talk about
0: it. I hope it's the same thing. We're thinking about the same thing here.
1: That's what I sent you.
0: Ring of Water TV's coming back. <laughs> sure it is. Kinda, ish. It's not on a cable network. <laughs> it's not on a media company's. Well, no, no. It's nope. not on a media company's streaming app. Nope. Not on Netflix. Nope. It's not on Hulu. Nope. I'm not even on fucking Roku or Amazon Prime. Nope. you have to be a member of Honor Club, the new and improved Honor Club.
1: Which this is what's really funny. Honor Club never stops. So there's been there's people that have been paying for Honor Club every month for the past year with no new features on it. <sighs> uh,
0: so basically, if you want to see ROH Television, quote unquote. <laughs> you have to pay 10 bucks a month for it, $9.99
1: for a weekly show that's probably going to be two hours long.
0: And because of the already pre existing contract that AEW and Tony Khan have to air ROH pay per views on Bleach Report and Fight TV, <laughs> pay per views will only be available on Honor Club after 90, 90 days, days or more from the initial date of the show. So Which, hypothetically, uh- if you were going to watch Final Battle from this past weekend, you wouldn't be able to access it on a club until mm. fucking mid-March. Yep. Lick my balls.
1: What's even funnier is the fact that people are so fucking gullible that they still believe that there's a TV deal coming. They're like, no, Tony said there's something coming in January. This is just to tide over until that's finalized. No, right. this is the deal. Right. This is it. He's expecting y'all to pay ten dollars a month for a two-hour studio show that's probably going to get filmed at the same time Dark Elevation is filmed down in fucking Universal. Either that, or that's going to be what'll get filmed. Like, uh, what do you call it there? Because uh, they, they, they film they uh, because they film Dark Elevation before Dynamite, right. or dark. So they'll probably film ROH before Rampage instead of Dark, or they're. They're gonna start filming ROH at Universal. In which case, anyway, it's just none of how it's about gonna work. How could they just
0: scrap Dark and Dark Elevation?
1: Because, bro, that's how that's how they get the people oh, to not sit catering.
0: Bro. Don't you fucking bro me, because it's bad enough I'm gonna mention that asshole later in the show. That,
1: that's how that's that. that's how people get exposure, dude. You know, that's how we get Satnam Singh in a two moves in a, in one match.
0: Can we please move on to a company that knows what it's doing?
1: I mean, I gotta shit on this a little more. Oh, you God. know, I gotta. Like, it's just it's hilarious how this has been happening now, since March,
0: something like that,
1: of people thinking that ROH is going to get a TV show, and all these idiots who are sitting there blindly going, "Oh yeah, it's going to be the the funniest thing was, oh, it's going to be on Max when um, HBO Max and Discovery merge because that's <clears throat> The plan is for HBO Max and Discovery Plus to merge. It's not set to happen until April or May of next year. So that was never going to be on the table. Like people are, people will, like I said before, they will believe anything he puts on their fucking plate. And it's pathetic because the rest of us live in the real fucking world. And (laughs) it's the like, I understand like you wanting to, you know, you, like, I, always, I was always a fan of the Briscoe's work, but the Briscoe's made their bet and had to lie in it for what happened 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Does it suck? Yes. Have they repented? Yes. But when a company that is on the stock market has to answer to shareholders, you're not going to be able to get away with shit. So it doesn't matter what you try to pull, you're not going to be able to do it. Hence why the Briscoe's couldn't even be mentioned by name on Dynamite.
0: Right.
1: So you're a hunt... You you. And this goes back to everyone saying, oh, well, Warner Discovery is really happy with AEW and blah, 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 blah And that's why they're going to renew the contract. And I'm going to repeat what I've said before. No, they're not. They're going to lowball them and give them an offer that is probably half or less of what they've gotten for the past time because Warner Discovery is trying to cut corners at every level. And because, and this is something that no one seems to realize from a business aspect. They moved Dynamite to TBS because it had more exposure, because it was available in more homes. And the, it's funny because now the basement goblins are going back on that and going, oh no, TNT was a bigger network. No, TBS is available in more homes. Mm-hmm. They put Dynamite on TBS, and since they did it, their ratings have gone down. They have not gained any viewers. They have had a couple of spikes where they've gotten over a million but it right. never hit that 1.3 that they hit on their first fucking episode.
0: Yeah, you know who gave them those spikes?
1: Sting. <laughs> Game Changers. <No. laughs> well, one of them was Sting.
0: <laughs> Who's banned from the company right now? Punk? Yeah.
1: I mean, well, Punk, did, Punk did it for Rampage, but I mean, even like, I'm, I'm sorry, but Punk... Punk garnered an extra maybe 50,000 people when you look at it on average. It wasn't a lot. I know. And the thing is, it's just they're not gaining any viewers. And they're now they're now they're trying to pin it on MGF, be like, oh, look, MGFs are champion. And he was on this week and they drew, only drew 840,000 overall. It's like, guess what? Yeah, guess what? He's the only one that's maintaining viewers in his segment. It doesn't help when the when you're surrounded by shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't help that there's one slice of prosciutto and a sandwich that's full of dog shit. People aren't going to want to eat it. It's a hell of an analogy, but okay, I like it. I mean, seriously. So you can't put you can't blame this on MGF. You have to blame this on the fucking Booker, and you have to blame this on everything. And so, what's going to happen? And I've said it before: is they're going to go sit at the table next year. And Tony Khan's going to demand more money than they got before because he lost money the past couple of years because they put everything into this fucking video game that is going to tank and isn't even getting a hard copy release. It's only getting released on fucking the, the, the Xbox subscription service. They lost money on that. They've been losing money on houses. They lost, you know, like, people are like, oh, they did a million dollar gate. Yeah. They the gate might have been a million dollars for this pay-per-view, but overall, with all the contracts and people he keeps signing, he's in the fucking hole. And y'all can keep saying, Oh, well, he's a billionaire. He, it doesn't fucking matter. Because once he doesn't have TV, it doesn't matter that he's a fucking billionaire. Because he's not gonna have anywhere to broadcast. So, what's he gonna do? He's gonna put dynamite on honor club. Like, seriously, people are like, Why didn't he just go to YouTube and get YouTube ad revenue? I don't think y'all realize that you don't get a lot of YouTube ad revenue. Like, that's why a lot of YouTubers have gone to having sponsored content in their videos and say like this, this, this episode has been brought to you by, uh, Joe established titles and shit like that, because these are companies that reach out to advertise with people with a following. No one is going to reach. No, I don't think I honestly legally don't think they can buy ad time on AEW YouTube programming because AEW has a contract with Warner discovery. And I'm pretty sure it's a conflict of interest. So they can't do that. And putting it on YouTube, putting it on YouTube, it's not going to fucking matter. Cause it's not going to garner enough money, but to try to make people pay 10 bucks a month for a fucking ROH. Like you're kidding, right? Like people paid for honor club before, because you got the RO, you got the, the, the go fight live pay-per-views on that. That was why, but you, you fucking, you can't expect it. And, and on top of it, I'm sorry, but, uh, the only way you can watch Honor Club is on your computer screen. There's no Honor Club app on Roku. There's no Honor Club app on Fire Stick. You got to watch Look, it on your damn computer. Well,
0: they say they're gonna, they're gonna. There's gonna be an app, an ROH app to download.
1: They say there's gonna. But guess what? How long have they been saying there's gonna be an AEW fight oh, listen, I'm game? just.
0: I'm just reading from the press release. Okay, fuckface. All right. <laughs>
1: AEW slash ROH. They say they're gonna. That's their new fucking advertising
0: line. All right. Let's put some smiles on people's faces.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, Raw. We get opening the show. Usos apparently attack. Elias, which fucks up the tag title match that was scheduled for that night, but then Riddle comes out, yeah. finds a new partner in KO, Uso mm-hmm. still win, and then Solo basically takes Riddle out after the match. And you Riddle
1: know Solo did the Samoan spike?
0: Yes. Probably gonna be permanent, I'm guessing, from going forward.
1: I'm guessing it'll be part of it. I don't think it'll be the finish finish, but I think it'll be the setup finish. I agree. I just, I, I honestly think if they want to put the put the push this right, I see a couple of months down the line. I see us getting Riddle and Solo in a fight pit.
0: Yeah, potentially. Um, speaking of Umaga, real quick, by the way, do you see that his son is now training? Yep. Uh, where was it? Was it Booker's place he's training in right now?
1: Yes. Huh. Which um, is funny because he's not training at Pops's place.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird.
1: I mean, granted, Junior's doing the training for Pops now, but uh, yeah, it's amazing that he decided to go to Booker instead.
0: Mm. Uh, Rhea, backstage promo. Sure. Then we get the segment one of the JBL poker invitational. (laughs) Uh, Dexter buys in with money he won from Miz. JBL says, Your buddy's good here. Fucking shyster. Um, we get Bailey and Becky cutting in ring promo. Becky walks away, has a stare down with Rhea in the aisle way on the way out. Um, so Bailey pins Asuka to win the qualifier for the number one contenders match that's happening tonight. Mm-hmm. And then Rhea attacks Asuka afterwards. But I have a question here. Yes. Who booked this shit? Do you know why I asked that question?
1: Why? Rhea- I know. I was saying that too.
0: Who booked this
1: shit? I know. I mean they did it's, they it's,
0: just expect us to forget she had a title shot set up after SummerSlam? It's right a real she easy she had heart problems.
1: It's a real easy fix. They could just come out and say on commentary, like, oh, by the way, there was a there was a um there was a statute of limitations on her number one contendership and just leave it at that. That's all they have to say.
0: Yeah, uh, we we're gonna pretend it never happened, I guess. <sighs> but we don't forget. JJ and Brian have minds like fucking elephants, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, then we get a Rollins in ring promo. Lashley joins in, which instantly sends the segment into the tank.
1: Yep. Um,
0: <laughs> two en- the two eventually brawl ringside, and then Rollins pulls a producer into the spear from Lashley, which they said was PD Williams. I didn't. Yeah, it from- was PD Williams. Didn't even fucking recognize him, but sure. Okay. Um, But I have a question from this segment. Quick quick question. Like Uh in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Why are we cheering for Bobby Lashley?
1: Because people are dumb. Uh, uh, I know. I know. I know. Technically, right now, he's still the baby face and Seth's still the heel.
0: But he's a jerk off. I know. He's a waste of space. Yep. Yeah. He ruined segments and entire matches. I'm <laughs> His entrance is more narcissistic than anyone else's in WWE right now. <laughs> Are we supposed to play dumb to all this? Okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> that, I, I don't know. Uh, then we get Theory backstage with Byron, who bumps into Ali and just says, fuck it, I'm defending my title against you tonight. Because, sure. Um, Then we get the next segment from the Poker Invitational. Corbin loses to Dexter. And then at the other table, they show Tozawa and Dom getting into it, and they make a match for later between them, because reasons. Um, because
1: no one else wants to fucking work with Dominic.
0: Basically, uh, theory retains the title via DQ over Ali after Dolph Ziggler attacks him, mm-hmm. and then they just have theory lay out both of them, anyways, after the match. Yeah.
1: But yeah, they're obviously going back on that inkling of a thing they tried to build with theory and Dolph when theory first had the U.S. title back before SummerSlam, correct? Now they're trying to revisit it.
0: Uh, then J. but J. what Will's I feel, what I feel down.
1: like, yeah. what I feel like they're doing here is. I feel like Trips had an idea of what to do between Braun and Dolph that Pritchard fucked him on when they just had Braun get the title back on the Raw after Stand and Deliver. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever is going on that Trips had an idea for, he's just implementing onto Theory and Dolph
0: now. He's trying to rebirth it again. Yeah. Um, We'll get to Braun in a little bit. Um. Then we get the Miz trying to get into the poker invitational. JBL says he won't let him in because he hasn't been good at paying debts lately. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And his Rolex is a knockoff. Yes. Uh, Then they show that Corbin beat Gallows in a hand. AJ accuses Corbin of cheating. And now we suddenly have a six-man tag. Sure. Um, Bianca backstage with Kathy Kelly. Then we get the OC beating Corbin and Alpha Academy in the six-man tag. Candace backstage with Byron. Johnny and Dexter come by to show the money that they have from the poker game. Candace almost says, holy fuck, that's nice.
1: Right, because um, everyone brawled out, so Dexter, Dexter and Johnny just took all the money.
0: Right. Um, Blanket beats Tozawa, because <laughs> God bless America. Um, and then the profits save Tozawa from the beatdown from Judgment Day. Because, sure, why not? Um... What am I missing here? Oh, then we have Lashley and Pierce backstage. Pierce basically saying, I know tonight was an accident, but don't fucking do it again. And Bobby's like, just stay the fuck out of my way, basically.
1: Adam so. Pierce is like, by the way, I still have a job here.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Um, then we get uh, the main event, which was the other woman's number one contender qualifying match. Uh, Dakota and Eo take Becky out of the picture by putting her through the announce table. That Alexa pins Nikki,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we go off the air with Alexa, kind of, sort of celebrating, I guess. I'm
1: sure. Well, because they had Alexa do the fucking Sister Abigail, and they did another one of those—the Death's Head moth flashing in the background during Alexa's back uh, backstage segment. Correct. So they're still macguffin the shit, which I don't think is going to lead to anything.
0: They're still fuck with the IWC, basically. Let's just call it. Yeah. That. Um, let's just skip to SmackDown for a hot second. Cause we, oh, can, please. We, can, we can group NXT and deadline together.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, SmackDown. We have Usos again, opening the show again, retaining their belts this time against Sheamus and Don, oh, not Don, excuse me. Uh, butch. Butch. Thank you. Because uh, Drew has
1: COVID for the 19th time.
0: Oh, right. It was going to be Drew and Sheamus. That's right. Yeah. Although they said Drew was out with a ruptured eardrum, was the,
1: the... oh, is that what they're saying now? Because it, it, it so, wasn't sure. Somehow, it was him and Roman else. both
0: had the same injury, and that's why they both missed the show this past week.
1: Interesting. I think that's lazy storytelling.
0: Probably. I think they're uh, tired of
1: saying Drew has COVID because he's caught it so many fucking times.
0: Probably. uh Then we get Ag- Angle and Gable Stevenson backstage. They bump into <sighs> Brad Stroman.
1: I, I. <sighs> I, I they just need to cut ties with Gable Steveson.
0: Think like, so?
1: he's not improving.
0: I prefer cutting his brother than him.
1: I am, well, I mean, I, I cut both of them. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Demon Camp, Damon Dem Camp is world's better, but it's, I they're, they're just not a fit. They're not a fit.
0: I haven't seen Gable in the ring yet, so I can't even say anything
1: yet. They they won't put him in the ring because he that like it's bad when Damon Kemp is advancing better than the guy that they put all this stock into, and that's why he gets TV matches and Gable doesn't. We'll
0: see. Look uh, at LA Knight cutting an in ring promo about Bray and how he was the one behind the attacks the last couple of weeks. Then Uncle Howdy comes on the screen, clearly in Brie's voice. I didn't even bother really doing a voice changing to this thing.
1: Supposedly, some people are thinking that Uncle Howdy's going to be fucking Cameron Grimes.
0: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, the clip basically said, do it, he deserves to suffer, and that was the end of the segment, essentially. Um, and they show a video of Rhonda and Shayna hurting Shotzi in the parking lot while they were recording an interview with Legato which transfers to a Rhonda and Sheena backstage segment with Megan Morant, who's then interrupted by Liv and Tegan. Sure. Yeah. Um, then we were supposed to get a match between Cruz del Toro, Joaquin Wild, against the Viking Raiders, but gets thrown out after a hit row attacks all four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even let B-Fab attack uh, Sarah Lowe, Bahala, whatever the fuck you want to call her. Mm-hmm. Sure, whatever. Uh, then they they show basically
1: LA built It's going to be a three-way tag match this week.
0: Which, yep, we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, then they show LA Knight searching backstage. He enters a room where Bray has a Bray T-shirt's hanging up. Lights get turned off. LA Knight uses a cell phone flashlight, turns around, and there's Bray in the Howdy mask, and we cut the break right there. Hmm. Interesting. And they never go back to it in the show. Of course not. Sure. Uh, then they show Angles back uh, backstage birthday celebration. Jason Jordan walks in with a number World's one. World's greatest debt. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was funny. Uh, then they have a Ricochet and contract signing. New Day comes out during the contract signing, even up the numbers because Imperium was out there in a hole. Mm-hmm. And uh, they try to remind Adam Pierce how contract signings usually go in pro wrestling, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a funny bit. The
1: one part that was great of that was like Adam Pierce is like, All right, let's get a crew out here to get the furniture out. And go to just goes, Fuck this. Game. Takes the table. He's like, Forget the crew.
0: Let's get a referee out here. Um,
1: I was like, This cockstrong Austrian.
0: Uh, Ricochet and New Day eventually beat Imperium in the six man tag as Ricochet pinned uh, Ludwig or- Kaiser. Yes. As I was about to almost call him fucking Bartell again. Just just keep correcting me. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the bloodline backstage. They're about to leave. Jay holds back Sammy and advises Sammy they should get a haircut and a beard trim for the following week because Roman's going to be on SmackDown.
1: And they're going to they, do something special. For it's going to be a
0: big night for Sammy. Sure.
1: Everyone's like, this is the week that they turn on Sammy. I'm like, why? Why would they?
0: Yeah, too random, too too far away from anything. Because
1: everyone seems to think there's there, there's this, they're like, oh, it's going to be Sammy it's, versus it's Roman at Elimination Chamber. No, it's, it's not. Also,
0: it's also too far away from any event of any significance where you would have the blow-off match for that. Right. The Rumble's in fucking a month and a half. India's right. in a full month away. Right. Uh, elimination Chamber is two months away. Right. Mania's three and a half months away. Right. Almost four.
1: It's, all these people are like the real money is in Roman versus Sami at Mania.
0: No, it's no! not. I fucking love Sami as hell, but there is no
1: money in Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn is the main event at WrestleMania.
0: Even though I put up the hypothetical about that being a potential Mania match at Mania, even I know it's not the fucking money match to have.
1: <laughs> so fuck off. It's about money, you fucks.
0: Um. Then they show Rey Mysterio in the trainer's room. He's visited by Killer uh Killer Cross. Carry Cross. Cross. It's fucking name changes, man. And uh Scarlet and Crossbase could just tell the story about putting an old horse down. That's yep. Ooh, okay. I loved it. I loved yeah. it because it's so fucking true. Figured you would. Um then we have another Lacey Evans vignette. Can we just fire her, please? And thank you. Oh my god,
1: please, please.
0: Um, then Liv and Tegan beat Rhonda and Shayna thanks to distraction from Raquel Rodriguez. Let uh, me close the show with the Kurt Angle birthday celebration. Alpha Academy interrupts for not being on the list for the backstage. I was like, party. Oh,
1: there's a cake. Gable's going into the cake. You, you're
0: <laughs> kind of sort of getting there.
1: He went into the cake. It <laughs>
0: basically sent Kurt packing, and as he's about to leave for good, he waves in a milk truck that has Gable Stevenson attached to it. Yeah. Uh, Gable and Angle start throwing, opening up and throwing um,
1: bottles of milk,
0: plastic bottles of milk at. Uh, Otis and Gable, and then eventually Mangle pulls out the hose and not the greatest name in the world, but he started a milk bath for them. Um, yep.
1: Throwback he, to the fucking invasion days. Right.
0: So he 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 kind of got it. He kind of got it. Back, Did you yeah.
1: notice he was struggling getting that hose over there, though?
0: Well, I mean, he's got atrophy in his neck that goes down his arms, dude.
1: Right. I know. But, right. Like They should have had Gable carry over the hose for him.
0: <laughs> you think? How about just doing the whole fucking thing? Because it was the the fucking Mokel's coming out so strong, he was losing his fucking. I know,
1: aim. I know. Like in all honesty, like oh, I mean, well, they needed to get the shot of Kurt holding the hose because you know to be like, see, we'll just hole. have
0: them both holding it. How about that?
1: Right. I mean, it's better than what I thought they were going to do. Right. I honestly thought for like I had this I I had this like little nugget of a thought like I was just like for Kurt's birthday they're going to give him his win back against Baron Corbin. <laughs> Happy birthday. Like You're they sure. would have had Corbin do the job to him. Like, right. Because that's all people have bitched about for the past three years. Is, Why the fuck did Kurt Angle do the job to Corbin? Why? Because when you retire, you go out on your back. And he Correct. was trying to give the rub to someone who needed it.
0: Correct. A uh, few news and notes over the weekend. We had mentioned that this was happening. But this past weekend was the house show. Jamie Noble's for Jamie match. Noble's last match. I guess it was uh, like a
1: six-man tag or something.
0: Correct. Uh, he looked like he could. He looked like he was in great shape. Good for him. Yeah. Um, Riddle apparently out at least six weeks. No official word on what the injury is per se, but I think it's kayfabe. Um, we'll go with that. Uh, they announced John Cena will appear on the final SmackDown of 2022 on December 30th from Tampa. Yep. At the, I believe it's the Amelie Arena or something like that. Amelie, mm-hmm. Amelie, something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. As far as this week on TV coming up, Raw, obviously we have Alexa and Bailey in the number one contenders match for the Wall Women's title. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and Lashley in the number one contenders match for the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. SmackDown, we're going to have Gunter defending the Intercontinental title against Ricochet for the World Cup win. Mm-hmm. um the appearance by roman yep. damage control will defend the women's tag titles against Liv and tegan because apparently you beat you
1: get SmackDown. one win and fuck it yeah
0: <laughs> welcome well, welcome to the women's tag division in wwe apparently yeah uh and then as you were inferring earlier triple threat tag match hit row versus the raiders versus legato
1: mm-hmm. and then saturday is tribute to the troops
0: right which has all of rematches I think, and is fucking pointless to watch, honestly.
1: I mean, it's because I think this year's the the what the 20th anniversary of Tribute to the Troops. Correct. So just go look <laughs> we'll do, it like up. you remember back in the day, Tribute to the Troops used to be a big thing. They used to sell the DVD of just that show every year. Mm, not anymore. because I, I remember back in the day we used to uh because we used to, when we would do the uh, our big monthly shows when we would do the mid the the intermission raffles, we would raffle off DVD packs and they would always have the copy of Tribute to the Troops from that year in it.
0: Alright. Let's go to the Sean Doesn't Know How to Book Show part one. Jesus fuck. Um, let's start with NXT TV from last week. They opened with the, the wild card for the men's Iron Man match. Axiom gets the win over Vaughn and Andre Chase. Um, then they showed Diamond Mine in the trainer's room. They announced that Julius is not cleared for deadlines, so the tag match against Indus Shear was off. which is probably why they put isla dawn and alba fire on the show now that i think about it but whatever
1: Uh, that was already that was already scheduled before that
0: oh it was well yeah okay um interesting uh then they show apollo and braun on the lake
1: we went fishing together yay nobody cares
0: nobody cares nobody cares
1: like, especially when you just did the fucking diner scene last week where it's like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to beat you. I'm stern. I'm mean. Blah, 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 blah. Now, we're good old boys fishing together, baby. We are a fan boat, motherfucker.
0: Sure. Uh, then they introduce some dude named Bryson Montana as if he's going to have a match, but then he's attacked by Sanga Big body Javi gets introed, but then fakes injury and goes back into the locker room, which allows. Veer and Sangha to cut the uh,
1: promo, promo on the
0: creeds. Then they show Chase U backstage. Tia Hale gets told that she uh, tells him that she has announced has a match with Isla Dawn later on. Bless her soul. Uh, poor Zion Quinn. He gets squashed by Tony D in a match.
1: I don't fucking get it. They stop start so many times with Zion Quinn.
0: Uh, then Tony D cuts a new ring promo after. He's joined by Wes Lee. And then Jack appears on the screen. So it almost looks like they're trying to set up a triple threat. Right. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. And I get a pre-tape with scripts because everybody loves scripts. <laughs> um, Charlie <laughs> Dempsey beats, yeah Charlie Dempsey beats Hank Walker while Drew Gulak is watching on the ramp.
1: Get some fucking gear, Hank.
0: Grayson Waller backstage with McKenzie because everybody loves Grayson Waller. Uh, a real Christmas story with Pretty Deadly.
1: That was fucking great. That was. That, great. They are money. Like they, they know what the fuck they doing.
0: And then Woods and Kofi come out at the end to lay down a challenge for Deadline. Javi Bernal backstage with Mackenzie, because that apparently is a thing that we have now. Yep. Then Isla Dawn wins her NXT debut over Tia Hale and then mm-hmm. Alba Fire attacks her after the match. Dawn spits miss in the eyes of the of one of an official instead of Alba. We'll mm-hmm. get back to that on Deadline. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, then we get uh, Lyra Valkyria vignettes. Lyra Valkyrie. Well, they're calling her Valkyria.
1: It's because fucking stupid ass fucking booker doesn't know how to pronounce a damn name. I'm
0: just telling you that's what they spelled it out as, and that's how she's saying it. It's Valkyria.
1: It's Valkyrie.
0: Um, <laughs> anyway, she's debuting this coming week on TV. Then we get Briggs and Jensen beating Blade and Nofe. And tell me if I'm wrong, is it me or does Briggs look like he's been hitting the gym lately?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Good for him. Um,
1: Plus, Jensen hasn't been, so it just shows even more.
0: Correct. Uh, Then we get the Iron Survivor explanation pre-tape with Sean because we need HBK FaceTime. Uh, Then we get Briggs, Jensen, Henley backstage. Jensen gets an invitation to the woman's Iron Survivor from Kiana because...
1: Because she's a Scooby-Doo villain.
0: Reasons. Um, then Indy wins the final spot into the Women's Iron Survivor over Wendy Chu and Fallon Henley. And then Indy invades the Toxic Lounge to tell Mandy Rose what's up. And then we have the Grayson Waller Effect to end the show with all the participants of the Men's Iron Survivor match and a brawl breaks out to go off the air. Gee, what a fucking shock that is.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that was like the one good part of that was like, I forget, like Waller tried getting mouthy with Mellow and Mellow just shut
0: him the fuck up. That and Joe Gacy was... just refusing to be mad at anyone. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just, he's made me pop more and more lately. I don't know why. Yeah. Plus, okay. it helps that he's really gotten himself in a good shape to the point where he's wearing tights again. Good for him. True story. Um, now let's get to the part of where Sean really doesn't know how to book. Jesus fuck. Um, we open with the woman's iron survivor. We open let me just make it even a broader point to this. He opens the show with the only two women's matches booked on the show. Mm-hmm. As if to say, let's get these bitches out of the way and over with. Right.
1: I mean, to be fair, the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge actually gave me a little bit of hope that, okay, this match format might work. That was dashed by the end of the night, but at least the women had a better execution of it.
0: Excuse me. Wow, a drink went down the wrong pipe there. Holy shit, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we up with the Women's Iron Survivor match. Zoe got the first fall of the match on Roxanne. Then Cora pins Kiana. Indy pins Roxanne. Mm-hmm. So Zoe, Cora, Indy all have one fall apiece. Mm-hmm. Then Roxanne pins Zoe out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then Roxanne hits Pop Rocks on Cora with like two minutes left? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, gets her second fall and the other two minutes run out so Roxanne ends up winning the Iron Survivor match of a coming number one contender for the NXT Women's title. Yeah. Um, I agree. I actually uh, How should I put this? Uh, The five talents booked in the match. I had faith in Two and a half out of the five participants. Okay. Um. Cause I have I have faith in Roxanne's abilities. Mm-hmm. I have faith in. Say what you want about her on the mic. I think Zoe's relatively solid though. is Yeah, she's a gun mechanic. And then I quarter believe in Cora and quarter believe in Indy.
1: I if don't believe in Cora at all, but I believe in Kiana more than fucking Cora.
0: Um, so that's where I'm at with two and a half. Yeah. Um, but I thought they all actually did a relatively fine job. Yeah. Kiana, I-, I will say, did impress me more than I anticipated in the match. Um, I think this, I, th- I honestly think this was a good coming out party for her. Yeah. Um, that's not to say she's going to get any kind of significant push in the near future because Shawn Michaels, right? But um, I think this is a nice kind of coming out party for Keanu, even though she didn't get any falls and wasn't really factored into any the decision at all of anything in this match. Um, still think it was a good showing for her, generally speaking. Good showing for all of them in general. Um, I think I think the best option won out of that match, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, then we get Tatum and Ivy backstage with McKenzie. Um, essentially talking about the creeds, I think, for the most part, because of Julia's not being medically cleared how she's trying to protect Julius and Brutus. Um, And then Caden and Katana interrupt them, and they somehow get into a conversation about the women's tag titles, because that was relevant to the promo. Yeah. Um, Then we get to Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. So the story being told was the the official that got the mist in the eyes on Tuesday was the same guy assigned as the official for this match. So mm-hmm. towards the end of the match, Isla Dawn just simply touches the like calf shin area of the referee and the referee stumbles back into the ropes as Alba takes over and is trying to get a pinfall on Isla. The ref is having like a papashanga possessed moment with fucking shit coming out of his mouth. Um, And then Isla takes advantage, eventually sends Alba face first into the exposed turnbuckle from earlier in the match, hits her finish, and another referee comes in to make the official one, two, three. So Isla Dawn beats Alba Fire. But how do we feel about reigniting 1992 Papa Shango into this? Jesus fuck.
1: Ugh. I don't. I, why? Why?
0: Why? I don't know. It's like I'm assuming they didn't do this shit in 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 UK, right? With her?
1: No, no. The thing was, she was she was a baby face most of her time in UK. She didn't switch the heel until the end of the run. Um, because because she took some time off and then she came back because like uh, they they basically they gave her a little bit of a makeover, not much, right? But they like teased out her hair more and had her do the eye makeup and stuff because before she looked a little more plain. And they just basically can't had her come out in her fucking cloak, and we just they I about. I think I remember her was when she wasn't baby witch.
0: face. That I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I,
1: I, I initially liked her just as a baby face. I thought she really amped it up when she became a heel, but now like they're, it's
0: overdoing it.
1: It's overdoing it, and it's really getting to me that um, I don't want to politicize this too much, but
0: it's insulting the.
1: It's insulting people of my fucking path and it's being done from a standpoint of a Jesus freak. And that's what pisses me off. I,
0: I appreciate you putting the words into my mouth that I was trying to say. Thank you. That was my next compliment, by the way, not trying to be. I know,
1: answer. I know. And especially, and this is what I don't get too, is they're going to try to push fucking Lyra Valkyrie. Who's going to be the same fucking gimmick, but a baby face like, it, it's not going to fucking work. And this is like, it's
0: they will oh. be at a match at fucking Valentine's day massacre winner bewitches us all.
1: Right. Some shit like that because Sean doesn't understand what the fuck he's doing. Cause Sean's just given what was given, what was given to him from UK and is like, Oh, well, I'll just do this. And like, no, that's not how this works. Sean. Like you need to have a little bit more of a fucking open mind because Sean is turning into Vince. Where he's just going to, he's just stereotyping people. Yeah. Look at it. Look at it. The witch is the evil one that does voodoo on people. The Italian is the fucking stereotyping fucking De Niro fucking wannabe. The fucking Indian guys are the talk like this. And they go to, but to, to. Fucking, it's, it's just, it's turning into 1992 WWF.
0: Shocker. Sean wasn't on drugs back then. At least we don't think he was.
1: Sorry. Sean was on drugs back then. That's when Sean started getting pushed.
0: It wasn't as bad as it was in 97, though. Well, um, yeah,
1: but you got to figure the 92 was when Sean started getting the singles push, and that's when his head got huge.
0: Well, I'm just saying 92 might be actually the portion he remembers before he got really bad on the drugs. <laughs> um, that's the point I was trying to make. Uh, anyways, then we get New Day backstage interview with McKenzie, then we get to the tag title match, and the New Day, I got to admit, I... I didn't really see, see now. Forgive me, because I didn't see NXT TV b- until the day after deadline. Yeah. If I had seen the TV beforehand, I would have probably seen the title change coming more than I did when I saw it happen. If that makes sense. Okay. Um. Still, um. Still. A little shock to that because here's the thing, because the, the way you said it to me go, before the show, I think this was like Thursday or Friday you and I were talking. Mm-hmm. You said now they're going to get the rub. Yeah. So when you say they're going to get the rub, I don't necessarily initially think, oh, they're going to drop the belts in a show-stealing match, which is what they end up doing. Mm-hmm. I think more when I think of getting the rub, and you would agree on this. Generally speaking, getting the rub is just you're you're basically brought to another level, and don't but you don't necessarily lose the match.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, are we at a point where they're going to be in a program now, or are we at a point where, like, 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 where do we go from here? I guess the point is: this going to be like an an actual program between these two teams that you.
1: What I, what I think is Kofi and woods are going to pull double duty for a little bit. Um, and they're going to work a program with pretty deadly to really make sure that they are ready for a main roster run. Um, I think what will happen is eventually there'll be a three or four team match where the new day drops the belts and it's not too pretty deadly so that that way pretty deadly are ready to be brought up to the main roster to continue the feud. Um, and i think like this this is a win win on a lot of on a lot of levels that people don't really seem to understand right away um because new day are consistently one of the top 5 merch sellers in the company they have been for years they were the number 1 for quite a long time but roman and bray have kind of toppled them right so by taking your one of your top merch sellers and putting putting them on nxt it gives more eyeballs to the product. And by keeping them on SmackDown and having them show up on SmackDown with the NXT tag titles, it will make people, it will make them push NXT more on main roster programming for people to tune in and view. Cause that was the problem that never happened before under Vince's reign was, Oh, we're going to bring these NXT guys up on a TV for a fucking hot second. And then we're not going to mention NXT at all. Like, the people don't know why they're supposed to know who these people are or what the NXT championships are or any of that trips. tried doing that during that survivor series stint a few years back. And like, and when
0: they had Johnny and Champa coming up when they were both champs as well.
1: Right. Exactly. And the reason like people are like, Oh, well they did all that shit and they had NXT win the night and then it didn't end up doing anything. I'm like, yeah, because after it was done, Vince didn't put any more stock into talking about NXT. And that was the problem, because and because and that to this day, that's the the basement got the defense of well, Trips always said it was a third brand, and now he's only saying it's developmental. It's both, it's both.
0: I think there's only one time I can honestly say somebody coming up from NXT in the midst of them being in NXT had any significance whatsoever. Owens, thank you. Exactly. And you know why?
1: Because he was put right in there with Cena.
0: Exactly. Everything else has just been kind of by the seat of their pants.
1: Exactly. That's why no one gave a fuck when Braun Breaker won the fucking NXT title back from Dolph on the Raw after Mania because it was Dolph. Nothing against Dolph, but Dolph in the mid Carter. Right. You know, that's why no one gave it, you know, that that's, you know, you can't just randomly have him come up and have people, you know, it's there's a disconnect in the number of viewers and if you're not going to put any ilk towards them, you know, it's a, the only other time that got that. Uh, and the only reason that it, it garnered so much attention right away, wasn't the fucking Raiders came up because Vince almost screwed the pooch on them right away. And they had to backtrack uh-huh. because of the Viking experience. What the fuck is this? It's Vince. <laughs> exactly. And they had to change it right away. And it, cause they almost lost all moments. Look at, look at the fucking Ascension. Uh-huh. Look at how fucking well the Ascension were modeled and pushed in NXT and they were brought up to Raw and were made a joke in the first two weeks.
0: I'd even go one step further. Okay. AOP.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you. And that was the, the biggest fucking problem with Authors of Pain for me because I loved Authors of Pain. They were two- ring off of them. Yes. Well, you see, what, number one. They could have worked with
0: Drake, but it, Drake's not quite Ellering.
1: Drake was too comedic. And the thing right. was, I knew the moment they came up to the main roster, they weren't going to have Ellering with them because Ellering didn't want to commit to that kind of schedule. He, they he
0: just They could have just had him work TVs and pay-per-views. There wasn't a need for him to be on live shows.
1: Uh, it's, it, it, Ellering, it, Ellering liked doing the developmental because he just had to be in Florida for a week out of the mm-hmm. month. Because they were taping in blocks at right.
0: the time. No, you're right. You're
1: right. And because Ellering, Ellering that Ellering was brought in on a per diem thing because Ellering had does other stuff. He trains people to do the Iditarod. Uh-huh. Um. So, and you know, he's he's older. He's retired. What they should have done is, in the final stages of AOP being in NXT, was have Paul Ellering sell their contract to another manager, uh-huh. and not Drake. Because that just didn't work, but they could have figured out something there, but they didn't think of that. They just pulled them up and Vince was like, well, he doesn't want to do it. So let's just have them say, we don't need you. And like, it didn't fucking work. And you fucking hamster. And then you changed their name to AOP. Like no one knew what the fuck it stood for. Right. Like the whole point I've, I've gone off so many times in conversations about how authors of pain got fucked like, cause the, everything about them was done from an intellectual standpoint, and it just all got shot down. Uh-huh. Like from the fact of Michael Cole not being able to pronounce their names correctly.
0: Uh-huh. Oh,
1: like I can't.
0: Uh then we get a Kaden Katana and Odyssey and Blade and an Ofe backstage. Then <laughs> Gigi and JC bump into Kaden and the Katana, and then Ivy, Nile, and Tatum Paxson just decided to jump Gigi and JC for reasons. reasons. Um, Then we get the men's Iron Survivor match. And, uh, yeah.
1: Oh! I hope.
0: Try, yeah. to, try to stick with me here as I break this down. Mellow pins Axiom for the first fall. Then Waller comes in and pins Axiom and JD within five seconds of each other. Yep. Then Axiom pins Waller. Mm -hmm. Axiom pins JD. Gacy Mm -hmm. taps out Axiom. Gacy pins Mellow. Mellow taps out Waller. And then with four dudes at two falls apiece and JD with no falls at all.
1: Everyone breaks up the fucking JD pin.
0: Right. Uh, and then Waller pins Axiom with like 40 seconds left-ish.
1: After after Melo hits the fucking leg drop on him and gets shit right.
0: And then instead of chasing Waller out of the ring and then putting their attention back to Axiom, who's still out cold on the mat. It the turns into Keystone
1: Cops routine.
0: And they're all chasing around Waller because you have to pin the guy who just got the pin, apparently. So
1: it was the dumbest fucking finish possible. The dumbest fucking finish from the moment. they all four broke up the JD pin, which made zero sense because it would not have amounted to Jack shit in right. the grand scheme of things. Like what wh- literally what that did was it stopped one guy from being put in the penalty box for the last minute and a half of the match. Correct. So that was stupidity. Uh, Just looking from a a ring psychology point, that was stupidity on the part of all four other fucking guys. And then you do this Keystone cops bullshit while there's a dude laying in the center of the ring when very well fucking, they could have had Mello chase fucking Waller to the outside. Waller runs away and Mello says, fuck this and gets back in the ring and pins axiom to pin to fucking match up and then go to sudden death. Because they mentioned sudden death a couple of times, so you kind of figured that's where it was going to go. Because everyone was tied up for so long.
0: So, what was worse, the finish or the booty that he did afterwards? The what? It's an Australian thing. Oh. We drink beer out of a boot.
1: Oh yeah, that bullshit. Yeah. No, the the fi- like the, the the match execution and the finish. Like, I could give a fuck. Le- yeah, we get it. You're Australian.
0: Then we got a Drew Gulak interview backstage McKenzie. He's interrupted by David Kemp because we really want to see him together with him.
1: Well, I mean, they, they're trying to do something to get Kemp over it, but I mean it's this just leading to Drew Gulak versus Charlie Dempsey, which I'm all for.
0: This brings us to the end of the show. <sighs> I'm going to make an argument here and I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me on this. Okay. Although, I, well, maybe not because I think, I think you've established your opinion already about this. hmm The main event was the most unwatchable match of the night.
1: Yes. It was just boring.
0: Well, here's the innate problem that they had. You booked... You basically booked each guy against a mirror version of themselves. Yep. Only difference being Apollo looks more impressive doing it than Braun. Yep. That's literally the only difference you had between the two guys. Yep. So to me, literally, it was a snooze fest.
1: And it was a giant waste of the past six months of bringing Apollo down to NXT correct because what like what you you were brought down to fucking put a you know to repackage Apollo and to try to give the rub to some younger guys Grayson Waller is not ever going to be anything of merit and Braun is still one-dimensional and those are the only two people he's really feuded with in the past six months
0: by the way I want to correct Vic Joseph on one thing uh, that was not a top rope bulldog that Braun did. That was just a basic fucking clothesline. That was yes. not a goddamn bulldog.
1: Right. Fucking thick. Jesus mm-hmm.
0: Just because he's a Steiner doesn't mean that's a fucking right. bulldog. It's a goddamn clothesline. He barely right. touches the dude. Right. Any or Braun retains over Apollo, then Waller lays out Braun to end the show.
1: And no, see, the, the, no one's buying Grayson Waller as the guy to take the belt off fucking Braun.
0: Unfortunately, no, we're not. Um,
1: and I'm wondering, so, and, and so that's, what's going to be the fucking, uh, that we know that's probably going to be the main event of new year's evil.
0: Right. Which we're looking at as January the 10th. So the second Tuesday of the new year at the PC on USA mm-hmm. also announced is uh, vengeance day. That was announced on SmackDown and on deadline mm-hmm. NXT vengeance day. They're going back on the road. Finally. February 4th in Charlotte, North Kakalaki. Tickets are available now. Uh, don't call me what the arena is. I don't fucking know. And i do fucking care.
1: Spectrum Center. Thank
0: you. Um, also announced already is that episodes of TV for the final two Tuesdays of the year, which are the 20th and 27th, are going to be pre taped this Wednesday, the 14th. Yep. So the episode before and the episode after Christmas will both be pre-taped shows, right. which means we're probably going to have spoilers to break down for you next week. So if you don't like spoilers, just keep listening and to the podcast and just skip over the part about NXT. I'm
1: happier with that than them doing a fucking clip show because that's absolutely. what NXT has know, been known to do in the past and during yeah. the last couple of weeks of the month. So, yeah.
0: Um, Some news and notes, unless there's something else about WWE you want to touch on because i wwe kind of related things in news and notes but i didn't know mm-hmm. if there there's something specific you wanted to mention I'm,
1: trying to I'm, I'm,
0: just, I'm just curious if you did have anything not that i know you have anything i'm just asking
1: just that thing about the tv series that i call bullshit on i know that source trust me bro oh
0: yeah okay. all right so news and notes real quick number one um wwe's been plugging this shit over the last week about a new rick flair documentary coming out yep coming out the day after christmas on peacock
1: yep um which i'm all for because we've never we never during the days of the wwe home video uh documentaries mm-hmm. we never got a proper rick flair one because remember the first one they did was the flare one which was before they figured out the format to do shit so it would be like interviews and then it would go into a rick flair match and it would be that match for 20 minutes and then it would go back to the shit and it was just all clunky they we never really got it won the the format that they did for everyone else mm. so i'm okay. for this
0: um also <sighs> as much as i don't want to i'm going to protest the nine lives of vince mcmahon on vice channel on vice tv what I refuse to watch anything with any th- involvement from Vince Russo. I'm sorry.
1: The thing is, though, if you've noticed, because it's being done by uh, the Dark Side of the Ring guys, um, they 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 help produce it. If you notice, if you go back to like when they did the, the episode on the Brawl for All, it, it doesn't glorify Russo at all. It, they just let Russo talk for himself and the camera just shows that Russo is a bullshitter and people see through it right away
0: maybe i will protest it but nine lives of insect man that documentary starts this week on vice tv if i remember correctly it's tomorrow night at yep 9 p.m i believe
1: yeah uh, it's, eight it's, or nine, it's I they can remember. play not nine o'clock it's it's coming in the uh yeah nine o'clock which i'm kind of mad that it's cutting into the nxt time because at least tales from the territories was showing up after nxt ended That's what but TV hey whatever for. i know
0: um <laughs> Also, by the way, there's an HBO real sports story being put together on Vince McMahon. No official release date on that. And we still got the Netflix one. And there's an unauthorized biography being put together on Vince McMahon, expected to be released in the spring of 2023.
1: Oh, yeah. The book. Yeah. They were talking about that on uh, Cornette's show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's for pre
1: order right now. And it comes out in fucking March or April. (laughs) Like, Jesus.
0: Yeah. So talk about striking while the iron's hot on Vince, huh? um
1: yeah the yeah the, the, the uh, what do you call it because people seem to think the Netflix one was scrapped and it wasn't just, they just held it back so it'll still get produced too
0: but um <laughs> I hate to end the show on a downer on a downer but I do want to send well wishes out to somebody
1: I think I know who you mean and I want to who as well
0: um MLW talent Richard Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um if Anyone, any of you have noticed and kept up with MLW at all in recent months? You've noticed that Richard Holiday's been essentially non-existent since what about August? I'd say probably since
1: since his loss to Hammerstone for the title. Yeah,
0: right. Um, so Richard Holiday came out through. I think it was a piece with Sports Illustrated last year. Yeah,
1: week, yeah.
0: Um, in which it was revealed that Holiday is actually dealing with Hodgkins lymphoma right now. Yeah, um, it's been a an issue that he was, I think he was, I think he wasn't, if I believe it, he wasn't officially diagnosed until October, but the issues had been starting
1: yeah.
0: weeks beforehand. Yeah. Um, and then he finally got checked out and uh, got his diagnosis a couple months ago. Yep. Um, the hope is obviously for him to get back in the ring at some point. Um, but obviously uh, <laughs> Richard was a, a, a very prominent and rising talent in the industry.
1: He's um, local. He's a great kid. I've I've worked with him on a few occasions.
0: Right. He used and to he
1: used to come to uh, he used to come to test his strength back when it was still this Water Town location. Right.
0: and I would I would assume the track he was on, he was probably looking at signing to one of the big companies in the near future. I'd assume that's the track he's seen to be on.
1: That's yeah. the
0: kind of talent he has.
1: Right. I and, mean, he did start a little late uh, in life. Cause well, he didn't, Co- you know, but still
0: court was starting to count his days with, with Richard as a tallow. It's
1: just, Oh yeah. It. Well, it's like, and, and even like, uh, cause Cornette gave some well wishes too. He even brought up like, it was Tony, it was, the, it was stupid of Tony Khan to have only signed MJF when he should have signed the entire dynasty right away. Because Hammerstone and holiday, like the three of them together were magic. And I mean, like, cause, cause holiday, I, like I said, he was always a nice kid. He was still finding his voice. He was still finding his look. He eventually got it but like because it's really because he he trained uh he trained over in east haven uh he trained under roma and he was there he had a million dollar like what do you call it million dollar physique but he like he was and he had he had the the promos down but he just hadn't quite honed the character yet so he kind of looked a little fish out of water Mm -hmm. but he eventually got it and and especially when he started working w- with MJF and Hammerstone, they were like right. the three of them complimented each other wonderfully. And uh yeah, like in, like in all honesty, like if he recovers to this or whatever, like and the time comes up, like if Trips were to snag him and Hammerstone together, like there's money still there and just the two of them. And then when MJF eventually comes in in 2024, Trips knows what the fuck do.
0: I'm going to offer a quick question. hmm. And you're probably going to shit on it, but I'm going to ask the fucking question anyways. Okay. If business was done properly by Tony, Mm -hmm. three, what was it, three, four years ago, whatever it was.
1: Three years ago, yeah.
0: How do you think it would have made a difference in the way business has been handled in AEW? Slightly. Slightly. outlook of the product if he had brought in all three instead of just MJF.
1: Slightly. Because if I think he knew what he was doing from the beginning, which obviously Tony Khan doesn't, but still, if you had kept the dynasty together as a unit, you could have had a super heel stable to work against the elite.
0: I also think that MJF would have been... Not to say he hasn't done well for himself. Obviously, he's the fucking champ now, but...
1: But look how long it took.
0: Correct. I feel like you could have strapped a rocket to him much sooner and Absolutely. much more effectively. Right. Then they did this the way they had to.
1: Exactly. They could have strapped us. They, they could have put the TNT title on MJF and they could have put the tag titles on Hammerstone and holiday.
0: <laughs> you could have bypassed all the bullshit with Wardlow and MJF. Imagine Right.
1: That. Exactly. You could have had the dynasty instead of fucking the pinnacle. Like that ended up doing nothing. <laughs>
0: Oh, what could have been? It's mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah. Um. So yeah, well wishes to Richard. Obviously, absolutely, you know, absolutely, the He's a great kid. And, uh, hopefully, we'll see in uh, what was it? Orlando, Tampa, wherever the fuck they are now these days. Tampa. Tampa, sure, whatever. Uh, hopefully, we get you to Tampa soon rather than later. Because yeah. uh, God knows you're gonna get paid more and do better, have better work to, down there than you are with court.
1: Absolutely. Same.
0: Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap things up?
1: I want to talk about that bullshit article I saw on Cardona.
0: Please do say, please do explain. I'm, I'm lost. On I this.
1: sent it to you and you were like, who the fuck is the source? And I wrote, trust me, bro. And you were like, not Russo." I'm oh! like, no, it's not Russo. It's just some random ass oh, motherfucker. Wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. Let, let me pull this shit up. Hang on. Um, fucking God. Yeah, I remember you sent me the link. Hang on, let me let me pull this shit up. This is so stupid. <laughs> <sighs> That's the ROH TV. I'm getting back to it. Hang on. <laughs> okay. So huh. Yeah. Um. Okay, so apparently there was a report that came out Friday. <laughs> I'm not gonna call it a report. I'm gonna call it a rumor. Yeah, I'm call it a fucking report. Yeah. That uh, uh, I don't even. Th- there's no way this is a, a Russo thing. This had to be Cardona. No, just you just portioning. thought you just
1: said Russo because I said bro, and I was like, no, that's uh, not what I meant.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. So Cardona is basically feeding sources for no reason. Yep. That him and Chelsea Green are being heavily considered. For a new WWE produced reality show on E, akin to Total Bellas and Ms and Mrs. Hold on. Let me think. No. Uh, Wait. Hold on. Stop. Collaborate and listen. No! (laughs) Wait. Wait. No. Um... It much much of a chance of that as you have of your uh, your action figure podcast going on the WWE Network. Good luck. Come,
1: coming this winter on E. Random ass indie dude and bitch who looks like she works third shift at a combies.
0: <laughs> Woo. <Whew>! Okay. Um, <laughs> anything else? Yeah.
1: Uh, one thing I didn't get to touch on last week because I like literally after we stopped, I said, "Shit! I didn't get to talk about this." Um, the follow up on the the Teddy Hart saga. Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, so the there was a there was a uh uh a promotion uh that we've mentioned here before that has been notorious for not paying its talent. Who Wait, ab- have they
0: still not found Samantha's body?
1: No, she's still missing. Oh, God. All right, sorry. yeah, Continue. yeah, um. Basically, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so there's this show uh, that, that was supposed to happen in January in New Jersey uh, where they were advertising Teddy Hart for the show and listed that, you know, as seen on Peacock, like literally trying to play off the thing. And also on this show where some other scumbags, including James Ellsworth, Ellsworth and Ryan Kendrick, Ellsworth dropped off the show. That was why my infamous tweet now of, James Ellsworth dropping off a show with Teddy Hart as the equivalent of Alec Jones backing away from Kanye. Um,
0: or the the Spider-Man meme where three of them are all pointing at each yep, other. Yep,
1: exactly. So apparently, literally like last week, the day we were recording this, the Knights of Columbus, uh, because the, apparently the show is supposed to take place at the KFC, the Knights of Columbus came forward and officially banned Teddy Hart from that building. Ha <laughs> ha! So, um, good luck on like they will basically have to find another venue in order to still cater to, Ted, to Teddy Hart if they want to do this. Now, on top of this, I would also like to add there's another wrinkle in this because like I said, um, uh because what I mentioned was uh this promotion is known for not paying talent. Um, because it's promoted by a guy who calls himself a wrestler but never trained and pays promoters to get onto shows, to be a, basically a tackling dummy in a death match, um, that's the guy whose name is Charles Daltano, who is the subject of a new YouTube docu series coming out called "Tiger King of the Ring." Sorry, "Dumb Side of the Ring" underscore "Tiger King of the Ring." Uh, I shared the I shared the um, the trailer for the series on our Facebook page last week. Um, It's being done by uh, local YouTuber, Vian Fuso, who does a lot of wrestling content, as well as a lot of comic book content. Go check him out. He's really good. Um, But yeah, so on top of all this shit that's coming out, this docuseries is coming out that basically exposing how this dude has a giant heart on for Teddy Hart and how he tries to emulate Teddy Hart. And like everything about everyone surrounding this show and this organization is scum. And it's just hilarious how everything's coming to light and it's just snowballing. Crazy shit. And it makes me laugh. So yeah, go check out that trailer. And I believe the first episodes start
0: dropping in like a week or two. Couple quick hits before we leave Just from stuff that's been coming out Since we started recording the show Number one uh, Apparently word is coming out That of all people from NXT There's a lot of positive vibes Around Sol Ruka Okay Sure I see nothing in there Cameron Grimes should be main roster any day now Good And a rumored match for Wrestlemania 39 Is making its way around Oh yeah you want to guess what the apparent dream match is?
1: Hell, if give I know. You,
0: give you a hint, he's defending a title this week.
1: Okay, Gunther versus
0: what? Take a wild guess.
1: I don't know. Fucking taker.
0: <laughs> no, but you're kind of going on the right track in a way.
1: Gunther versus Austin.
0: No, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, when I say kind of going on the right track, I mean you're you went towards the part timer realm, which is smart. That's where I was going with this.
1: Go to versus Brock. No, not happening. Thank you very much. They're gonna do Brock Lashley. Three loser leaves the world.
0: Can that be a no contest? <laughs> uh, any Hoosier.:
1: And I will tell you, as far as anyone seems to think, we're not gonna get FTR versus the Usos at Mania. What we're gonna get is FTR oh, showing what? up on TV.
0: Who the fuck is saying this?
1: Everyone who's who's realizing that FTR is done with AEW.
0: Oh, shut the fuck up. I mean, cut see what I'm telling Stop you what's it.
1: gonna what's gonna happen is the Usos are going to retain at Mania, and then sometime in May or June the revival will show back up and they will start building a program because they need to rebuild their tag division. And we will see a definite program between the revival, the Usos, the street profits. We'll see it go from there. I
0: don't know about mayor June. I could see the revival being a night after mania return. I don't know about mayor.
1: I don't know if it would be that quick,
0: but one of their contracts run out.
1: April. Oh, that would be a problem. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I wonder if there's any no compete clause in there. In
1: no, because it's their contract expiring. Because that's the other thing that we found out, supposedly, is so this whole thing with Regal's contract and how it expired, but it had an option, and that's why he said he wasn't renewing the option. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, when you don't renew the option, it counts as a release, and so there's a no compete of being on TV for 12 months. Yeah. So, Vince is an asshole for 90 days while paying you.
0: So, but does that mean people, Regal can't be on TV at all in 2023?
1: Yeah. Not till December.
0: So, we have no shot of seeing. Hold on, let me make sure I'm getting this right. So, we have no shot of potentially seeing William Regal returning to NXT, which is probably what everyone's going to clamor for at some point, anyways. We have zero shot of that happening until next Christmas, basically.
1: Not seeing him on TV. He'll be there. He'll be booking.
0: No, that's my point.
1: Like he'll so he'll the next, be there and booking. He just can't be on TV.
0: That's my point. Yeah. Like everybody. Like I'm sure that anybody who's anybody would say just put William Regal back to what he was doing on NXT. Right. Like because that just makes sense. Like he uh-huh. was a perfect fit for there. Uh-huh. So we have zero shot of him ever showing his face on NXT, on USA Network until next December. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Oh, sorry. Um, that's pathetic. That's I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, that's, that's Tony Khan's an asshole.
0: So, did there, so does FTR have an option on their contract?
1: Or no, is it just re- no, they, their contract is
0: just up. So, so this doesn't make fucking sense. You put a 12 month no compete on a guy who came and fucking wrestle anymore but you don't put a no compete into your deal for actual working talents.
1: The basic, the basic deal. So word is, and like I said, this is all conjecture, but it seems to be leaning towards a little more truth than not is if you have a contract with an option to renew and you do like, okay, so let me back this up. Because remember how everyone was saying, oh, Regal's only there for a year and then Meltzer's like, oh no, he's there for three years and this, that, and the other thing and no one could have... So supposedly Regal's, Regal's, Regal's deal was one year with an option to renew for three at the end of that one year. So okay. because that was in the contract and he chose not to renew, there's a 12-month no-compete. FTR have been there for three years. So when they are done... That's done. There's no option at the end. It's sort of like when Vince was freezing people's contracts and adding it to the end of their contract.
0: But even Vince's contracts, when they ran out, they still had no competes.
1: Not if you're, if, when your contract ran out, that was it. It was only if you were released that you had a no compete. Tony Khan's an asshole.
0: He makes my brain hurt. So let's just, let's just wrap this show up because my
1: brain just hurts. All the brain. cocaine
0: maybe that's why my brain hurts the cocaine's fucking secondhand high anyways um, thanks for watching episode 79 of White Heat presented by Godzilla Media sponsored by our friends or at Johnstone Supply and Troy Mohawk Con and Scotia Glenville those are our socials if you're watching on YouTube I'm at Brian Katie on Twitter he is at JJ underscore Alexander on Twitter um, if you want on Facebook Israel Alexander has revived a Facebook page. I
1: didn't revive it. I've been using it the whole time. It just took, it literally took me requesting a name change 12 times before we finally got a name change.
0: All right. Well, he's got a name change to his Facebook page. I'd like to share it. Good sir.
1: Yeah. It's just, you could, if you just uh, go in the search for white heat with Ryan and JJ, it'll come up.
0: Fantastic. And you can catch all the linked episodes in there. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen them before, heard them before, or just go and subscribe to our YouTube page, go to the Godzilla media, YouTube, check that out. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm Brian, that's JJ. That's it. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Let's hope I don't lose a gasket next week. Like I did earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I lost a gasket twice today. Actually, that's going to be a new record. I lost it. I lost it on the fake ass AEW fans that are anti WWE, but not anti WWE. Yep. And I fucking lost it on, Making a referee bleed, I, yep. and making that match fucking third to last instead of yep. last with all the blood. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I'm still kind of heated about that. But anyways, there's, it's it's fucking blood, guys. But anyways,
1: it's real easy if you're gonna put it in the middle of the card, then have an extra canvas to roll out and right. fucking hook up.
0: You might as well just had Jericho, Claudio, Joe, and Juice just roll around and shit and piss the whole last
1: right. Time <sighs> that was fucking. Uh, Tony DeVito was talking about that because during the Teddy Hart documentary, where Teddy kept doing the fucking. They, they referenced the ROH show where Teddy kept doing the moon salts and then puked in the ring. Yep. And DeVito was like, "DeVito's like, yeah, I went off on a backstage. Like, I gotta go out and wrestle in your fucking puke now."
0: Point <laughs> <When> exactly. <sighs> trying to figure out how i want to close the show i <laughs> have so many different angles we can refs
1: go. don't gig
0: <laughs> you know what jj goodbye everybody jj i want you uh just just say fuck teddy heart Why not?
1: fuck teddy heart